Welcome to Afterlives with Kara Cooney, in which we discuss ancient Egyptian history and relevant current events that we think will be of interest to our audience. I am Kara Cooney, and I'm a professor of Egyptology at UCLA. This podcast is separate from my teaching and research roles at UCLA. In recent years, I've become active in communicating with the general public about the history of ancient Egypt through lectures, interviews, social media, books, and guest appearances. This podcast is my opportunity to take the kinds of deep dives into history that are not always possible in academic formats. Okay, so I made them start recording because Amber and Gordo are (laughs) fangirling over Elizabeth Peters in a way that I've never heard. And since they made me read it, I've read the first book, but like, this is insane. So you guys, you had topics. What are your topics? So they were like, oh, I have some topics. I have big topics and I have small topics. So we have to talk about the topics. So please have this conversation. Yeah, we did. We had a Zoom meeting to prep this shit. We Zoomed and we prepped this shit. And I don't mean this shit. I don't mean, I loved it. I loved the book. But anyway, what were you, what did you? Prep? Which is good because I would have had to quit otherwise. You, I know. And then we were talking about it. We we're like, what if she? Hates it? <laughs> what will we do? Like we'll, we'll have, have to break up. Hate her. We'll, we'll have, have to, to tell up. her to like fake it because like it's not okay. It's not, no, I really liked it. I really yes. did. But what what do, what do you have worked out? Is your question? I have a. I, I mean, I have a bunch. So. Like, is this the longest, let's, like, episode Wait, wait, you've first we need done. to tell the like, people what we're doing. First, the topic. This is insane, the amount of uh, hilarious joy that is in this garage know, right now. it's excitement. So, today... <laughs> Giggles, we happiness. Start, we start our first, 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 first book club book Wee. with um, Amelia Peabody's, the Amelia Peabody series by Elizabeth Peters, Crocodile on a Sandbank. The first book of the series. First book of the series. 1975. And also there'll be spoilers, so prepare yourselves. Oh yeah, if you haven't read the books. Stop it now. Stop now. Read it. The books. Or reconcile yourself to having everything spoiled for or, you. Or but it's super fine. fun. Yeah. It's a super fun read. I really enjoyed it. And because I have a busy life mm-hmm. and my son was sick all this week, he went to school today on Friday. But for the other four days, he was at home and I had to like do things and there was vomit. And we don't need to talk about all of that. But I started on Audible because I just couldn't deal. Yeah. I couldn't sit down and read the book. So I did that. And then... As I was telling Jordan and Amber, it would get to the like romantic parts. I'm like, I can't listen to this on Audible. It's too much. And so I turned it off and then I would read those parts. Yeah. And then I would be busy and I'd listen to it again on Audible. And then there'd be a romantic part. I'm like, no, no, no. And I would, and then by that point, I would stop voice. it. And I, I did it. Not that we voice. don't love Barbara Rosenblatt, no, but there are some great. things you need to, as Amelia would say, draw the veil over. <laughs> yes. Um, so but I, I did read it and I finished it yesterday. It was time. very impressive. I know. Like I said, we had totally no, resigned you, ourselves to Kara will not have read the book. <laughs> yeah, we were like, what are we going to do if Kara's only... And we were like, okay, maybe she at least has read like two or three chapters so at least she knows the characters. And no, I took a series on my to-do list yes. and I'm like, you have to read this book. And I'm like, Kara, you only have two days left to do it. So get on it. So I like didn't do coffins and like put email oh, aside. You're going to blame us. Yes. You're, you're the reason that I haven't written people back an email. So valid reason that. in my book. I was like, <laughs> the it's okay. Important We're going to let it slide. But I yeah. did. I finished it. I did it. So as we said, we're going to be talking about the first book in the Amelia Peabody's series, Crocodile on Sandbank. We have many versions around us right now. Got my right there. Right there. Yeah. Oh, books. Book. The original one. 
that I, I, I picked up. I have like up. the same one and it has that nice smell. And we've, we've determined about 1993 yeah, was my last baby picture in it from <laughs> of my cousin. Of yes. Cousin from 1993. <laughs> oh my God. And an old paycheck from, from Lacma. Yes. I, I stick things in books. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have like little dating chronology. It's true. Of... It's true. I have a terminus post quam. <laughs> <laughs> For all your books. <laughs> so I guess, so we're going to start broad overall. We'll talk about the series, some of maybe her, the author, um, her yeah, we should definitely talk about Barbara Marks. Yeah. Like, what's the plan? What's the overall plan, ladies? Because I would like to know so I can prepare myself. I really did enjoy the book. Ideally, the, we could do the series. Yeah, because I need to make. T I just need to make time in my yeah. life to be able to read. Hey, that. we made this happen within a year of us having the idea. So I think that this is like this is we'll a good sign. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah a, every few we'll months. Do an episode okay. Yeah. Months. yeah. Okay. The first, the books earlier in the series are smaller, and then mm -hmm. as you get more and more, they get thicker and thicker. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, the first, like, four yeah. should be easy to fit in because they're yeah. shorter. And okay. since you um, have established that you enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> they and be, I'm not lying. And you're not lying. They would be quick reads. Yeah. Okay. They're, so they're quick reads, this, yeah. Is, this is totally doable. And I think um, it would be super fun yeah. to, so we'll, to do this. we'll pepper these in. Okay. Yes. Um, every couple months. We'll and for those people who hate book club and are like, I only like nonfiction, they can join well, us. Well, we're going to talk times. about a lot of historical. So, sorry, there's a lot of Egyptology. Of yeah. A we're lot of talk Egyptology. talk a lot of Egypt stuff here. Yeah. It's not just about the book. Um, but I guess we can start with, you know, the series, what we, um, Amber and I having read the whole series um, about. How many books are there? There's a lot. I don't know. I would have to count. Teens? It's around, yeah, teens, 20, teens, so yeah, maybe. It's a lot. It depends. Nice, Do you count the long, Painted Queen? Yeah, it's a nice long series. So you get really into the universe, it's, really it's into the characters. Yeah. See, like, people grow up. Well, let's let's just put it this way. It goes uh, from about uh, 1884 mm -hmm. to 1922. 1922. Right before Tutankhamun's tomb was discovered. Mm. That's a mm -hmm. part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, Barbara she Mertz, a.k.a. Elizabeth Peters, yes, made this call that she... Um, eventually made this call that she would not take the series past 1922. Because so, everything changes. Yeah, but I yeah. think before we dive into Crocodile on the Sandbank, we should say a little bit about Barbara Mertz. Yeah. So who she was. So for us as Egyptologists, it's exciting because she was trained as an Egyptologist. She had got She was born in Illinois. She was born in Illinois. We're Fellow Illinoian. Uh, around Astoria, I've also yeah. seen, um, like, like maybe she was born in Canton and then lived mm -hmm. in Astoria, but um, either way, you know. Where's Astoria? It's in Illinois. We'll just so leave where? it. Where? We'll like, leave like it where? I think, I think around the Chicago area, okay. like sort of northern Illinois. So yeah, she always yeah. had an interest in Egypt and teaching and all these things. And back then, being a woman, she just assumed she'd end up being an educator. When was she born? Barbara Mertz? Nineteen twenty-seven in Canton. Canton, yes. And then she died in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Uh, she passed August. away in August eighth of twenty thirteen. Hmm. So yeah, her father was a typesetter, and her mother was an elementary school teacher. Oh wow. Um. And she was very much influenced by her great aunt Ida, who took her to museums. And, and so her she, great aunt Ida was never married. I don't know. It doesn't say. So maybe yeah, it gave her the the great feminist feminist vibe. But yeah, so she went to University of Chicago in '47 at the age of 20, and then she went on to earn her PhD from the OI, the Oriental Institute. And this says 1952 at the age of 25. 
That's that's a little more respectable. Okay, I was I was gonna say I would go with this because this is other ones we saw found found, got her PhD at like twenty two, and we were like, what? Very impressed. (laughs) Yes, she worked with John Wilson, who oversaw her dissertation on. I found her dissertation when I was there too. It was in the back stacks, and I was like, ah. Did you actually fill through it and and read it a little bit? Yeah, I was like, it was like really, and you'll like it, Kara. Um, yep. Certain titles of the Egyptian queens and their bearing on hereditary right to the throne. Oh, so she's one of the people that started the heiress theory. So whether it was such. like a matrilineal versus right. a patrilineal line. Right. Yeah. And she married her fellow OI student, Richard Mertz. Oh. So I guess he must have also been a And she had two daughter. children, Elizabeth and Peter. Oh my Elizabeth goodness. Peter. That's crazy. Hence Elizabeth Peters. And Aww. then she divorced that, that person loser guy man. in 1969. Yeah, very unusual then. So mm-hmm. something must have gone down. When she wrote her books and temples, tombs, and hieroglyphs, Redland, yeah. Blackland, which I was telling I Jordan earlier. Yeah, I loved them too, especially Redland, Blackland, because that was the sort of the daily life social mm-hmm. history. Yeah, but she wrote that as Barbara Mertz, as an Egyptologist, yes. mm-hmm. nonfiction. So that's yes. when she was trying to break into the world. Her agent was like, eh, "Like no one's. I don't think anyone's going to read this. Do like, Egyptology. Write Egyptology books first, and yeah. she wrote those, and they kind of got popular. Yeah." And then she went back into the mystery book. But I've always, you know, you are very different people, obviously, but there's always been a parallel to me between you and Barbara Mertz in the way you write history. Now, for her, we only have really Redland, Blackland, Temple's Tombs, and Hieroglyphs, but for Redland, Blackland, she opens it with a scene mm-hmm. of a woman, a mother, um, uh, saying a spell to protect her child, you know, who is sick, right, to to save them, right? Yeah. And how do you open your Hatshepsut book? But a scene. A scene, A different right? scene. Very different A different scene. kind of scene. <laughs> a scene where she's kind of having sex but with this the idea statue of the god, but yes. That you enter history with some, a little bit of imagination, mm-hmm. a little bit of taking what do we know and how can we apply it mm-hmm. to a lived experience for people. And so I feel in a way, in, in that way, you two were kindred spirits as, as to how you, you sort of approach that and, and presenting it, you know, to people. Did you ever so, meet her? Um, I met her a couple of times just as, you know, book like a signing. book signings, you know, kind of thing. She was very gracious. Yeah. I, I grew up in Illinois, so yeah. I went to the Oriole Institute as soon as I could. You know? like, this is um, where the magic happens. And this actually, there was a lecture I showed up for. I think it was just that she was going to be there. I don't think there was an exhibition or anything. And, of course, it's like a four-hour drive from my hometown to, to the Oriental Institute. And so I made my mother drive me there super early. And so we're sitting there literally hours right before <laughs> the lecture. And I'm sitting on the just the front stoop of the Oriental Institute. And eventually... She comes along with a little entourage, you know, because they're all escorting her in the front door, which for some reason shocked me, right? You thought, like, Elvis, she was going to, like, sneak her in the back yeah, or something. Yeah, but yeah. no, she comes in the front door and she stopped under that relief, mm-hmm. you know, that's over yeah. over the door. And she she just, it's she really looked up relief. and she said, there, there are a lot of ghosts here. And Aww. she walked in, in the door. That's where she met the husband. Because she hadn't been there in some time, probably. Possibly, yeah. I mean, she the was in Maryland, was right? And yeah, so she, lives, she lived in Florida. Yeah, so I don't she know how often she got to She said it in kind of a foreboding the... way, like a... A little bit, like reflective. Yeah. Like it wasn't necessarily, you know, it too ominous. Happy. It reminds her But I was about 18. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, listened to her lecture, which is great. Again, somewhat similar to you. Walks up to the podium. No notes, no nothing. You know, <laughs> she's just going to, to speak, you know, let it take her where she will. There was no PowerPoint, 
you know, it wasn't that common at the time. So, but she was still, it was obviously super interesting and engaging. And then afterwards, you know, I brought my book up for, for the signing and she was super sweet, gracious both times, you know, I met her and clearly delighted, yeah. you know, to see all of the people. And I think for me, again, I was very young. And so I think she was, you know, um, really delighted to see like younger people. Look at there. us now. And yes, yes, exactly. When you met her, had she finished all of, had she finished the series? No, it was still in the middle of the series. I've, I was 18, so it would have been about 1998 or so. So she okay. still had several yeah. years, you know, left in the, in the series. So yeah, and I did that, and my mom was completely bewildered by the <laughs> entire experience. Like, um, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Does your mom listen to our podcast? Uh, I don't know. I intentionally <laughs> well, hey, don't ask. <laughs> hey, mom. Hey, mom. You're listening. <laughs> Thanks for driving, Amber. Right. Yes. Thank you for that drive up to up to Chicago. Drive. Yes. And Jordan, you were much younger. I was. And I was going to say, you were. How old were you? So I didn't read them until I was in high school. So this was probably 2000. I graduated in 2010. So it'd be like you know 2008, 2009. You graduated from high school in, in 2010. 2010. And a neighbor recommended And so my neighbor, um, her mom really liked them and then recommended them to her. You already liked Egypt? You already yeah, had that? Yeah, I was still really into Egypt. And she goes, oh, I was reading these books. They're about Egypt. And, like, they're really fun. Like, I think you would like them. And she just suggested them. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll try them. And you got hooked. And I got hooked. Yeah. So. Well, like, and this is a, a good them. point that you make. So you came to it in high school. Yeah. Kara's coming to it. A fully grown, mature person. <laughs> I have never read them before. So this I is, actually, so everyone, this is my first time reading them. Th yes. This is embarrassing. You need to know how shameful yeah, this, this is. How is it shameful? Well, because Egyptologists, especially female Egyptologists, they've all read this series. A lot and of I them, yeah. haven't. So yeah. I'm kind of like this holdout, this weird... That's why we thought you were going to hate them. No, I, I loved it. I yeah. loved this first yeah. book. And I look forward to reading the rest. But I think when I started reading it... And, I, I just, I was like, no, this is too much fun or something. Or no, <laughs> I, can't, well, because I can't enjoy this. You have I mean, had the, at least one of these books on your shelf before. Because I remember yes. years ago seeing it on your shelf. And you're like, ah, yes, you know, I haven't read it. You're like, and, oh, it's something I should read. I just, and anything yeah. I think that was my work that was also a novel, I just didn't want to have anything to do with. Yeah, you had some, some baggage between you. Yeah, and, but you're like, do yeah. I want to read a book about Egyptology? Yeah, But yeah. you find the book ends up, you know, it's about Egyptology, but it's yeah. so many other things. Well, and it, well, just like she said, there are yeah. many ghosts here. Yes. So maybe that's why. So mm -hmm. that you, you want to read it, and you're like, mm -hmm. this will be great, but then you can't fall into it as easily, maybe, because yeah. there are so many ghosts. But now that I've gotten through some of my traumas... <laughs> Mm -hmm. I can okay now read it. I can read it this without... Is, this is know. exactly the point I was going to make, is that I kind of am a firm believer in the book finds you when it's supposed mm -hmm. to. You yeah. know, so, like, you two... Like, so, high school for Jordan, now for Kara, and then for me... And 20 years past PhD for me. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. But for me, I, I first picked up... I didn't read the first book first. I read The Mummy Case, which is the third book in the series first. And uh, I was only like 11, 12 years old. So think about the things that you consumed between the age of, say, 11 and like 16. Those yeah. are the, right? some of the most important books you'll ever yeah. read. Exactly. Ever, they become ever. a part of you in yes, a way that yeah. no other reading in your life does. Yes. To sort of paraphrase, you know, Meg Ryan is Kathleen Kelly and you've got mail, right? <laughs> Remember when she about like goes off on a little yeah. tear with Tom Hanks? Yeah. You know, she's like... 
because she's talking about children's books and like reading and it it becomes a part of you like no other reading in your life and so this is what happened to me with elizabeth Mm -hmm. peters so i had i picked up these books you know like i said 11 or 12 and so i'm growing up with them you know book after book after book all these experiences of adolescence through junior high Mm -hmm. and high school you know i was telling you the other day like uh, one of the more severe times when I was bullied in high school, I had an Elizabeth Peters book in my hand, mm-hmm. you know, and I walked out bloody, but my book was fine. <laughs> so, okay. so like I and said, what about it's, the other kid? The uh, other girl? Oh, she just shoved me really. I know, but was yeah. she bloody? No. What a smack her at the butt. No, she bloodied me. So and can we put her, can we she, out her? What's her she name? She shoved what's, me. What's I, bully? Honestly, I, her first name was Stephanie, but I don't remember Stephanie, her last Stephanie, name. Stephanie, you know who you We're are. We're sending you yeah. an evil but she came up. She came up behind me and gave me, for no apparent reason, like a really bad shove. And I went skidding across. She would have whacked her with a parasol. Probably, yes. But I was, I had no weapon at the time. <laughs> but I had gravel embedded in like Aww. the, like I had like road yeah, rash or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So, evil person you are, Stephanie. I hope you... Right. But you well, saved the book, kind of like I saved. I, I saved the wine. Saved the book. <laughs> yes. I fall, I'm like not the wine. <laughs> exactly. Well, at like the time I, I was not like, yet no. eligible, not yet, not yet yes. legal to to drink. But the point is, is that <laughs> those were books. <laughs> these were these were books that books they was, hit you at a certain time. Twelve year old, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So and then like the and escape and friends. Here, we were talking about this. Earlier. They were friends, oh, right? My God, yes. Yeah. And especially something like Jane Eyre, like you could get in that and get lost. And I just read a biography of Jane Eyre and I did Ooh. not know that at the end of, she died young. You I mean Bronte? That, I was uh, Charlotte author. Bronte, sorry, yeah, sorry, like sorry. actual Jane Eyre, Take right? it back. Charlotte Bronte, who wrote yeah. Jane Eyre, mm-hmm. she married um, later, right? Like she thought she, she, thought she was going to be a spinster, married this man, fell in love, got pregnant. And then she was totally in love, totally the perfect guy. And she got the, do you know, like, um, Kate, uh, Prince William's yeah. wife, mm-hmm. who got the, the Kate horrible, um, Kate Middleton, who got the, the horrible, you have to throw up every three uh-huh. seconds. She essentially That's got the same had. thing without any drugs or interventions. And she threw up herself Just to death. Die. And she died. And it was the worst, it was the worst thing. Being pregnant. And, like, it was the saddest biography I've ever read. But anyway... Um, I love Wuthering Heights. It just destroyed me. It destroyed me. Yeah, Emily and Charlotte were mm-hmm. super close. And Emily died first, and then Charlotte gets married and mm-hmm. and died. It's just, it's the saddest thing. But anyway, let's yeah. move on to happier things. It fits that book, though, right? Her death as author yeah. and Jane Eyre as gothic novel. Yeah. It it's fits true. the dark. It's true. True. So, so speaking on, like, themes and um, what we can put in conversation with this book. Amber and I were talking about how, like, this book in a way feels like a satire to a lot of, you know, like, the early travel logs. It's and a Amelia loving Ed. satire. It is a satire. It is. Like, it's, uh, yeah. You know, to the it's a colonial but done, but done in a loving way yes. because... Uh, yeah, the colonialism aspect of it. Do we it. call her Barbara or Elizabeth Peters? How are we going to, like, reconcile this? We'll just do Elizabeth Peters. Elizabeth Peters. So, so she loves Egypt, right? Yeah. She And she... Um, clearly has a, a certain affection for this character, you know, that she's created. So, yes, it's a satire, but yet, like I said, it, I don't know, it's a loving satire. Yeah, because it's like she's based off Amelia Edwards. 
or a composite. Or, or I would composite. I would say a composite, yes, composite. yeah, of Amelia B. Edwards but and like, several other historical figures. You know, multiple figures. times yeah. early on in the novel, it talks about like I'm not writing a travelogue, like that's been done, and right. but then she kind of because Amelia B. Edwards was famous for this, yes, right? Like, her oh, we stopped here, thousand miles up and, the Nile, yeah. right? Her travelogue and yeah. this sort of aristocratic, but also Victorian like writer woman. Haggard. Right, the adventure. Adventure Haggard, right? Which um, I've never read any of them. Oh, I have. Okay, oh, because have? if it was mentioned in Elizabeth Peters' novel, this was, was sort like, of my road it. to. It was my gateway drug, right, to all of these different things. I read up on so many different oh, subjects, wow. right? So I read H. Ryder Haggard, and he was known for, you know, writing these. Uh, he was a 19th century author who wrote these sensational novels, like, like King Solomon's Mines. She. Which comes into yes. play later it's on like in the shapes, series, like rescuing damsels in distress, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And then Barbara Mertz or Elizabeth Peters, like she starts writing her her books with this sort of gothic novel, The Master of Black Tower, mm -hmm. right? And so she carries in elements of that, you know, to I would say more the sort of the relationship side, yes. right? And a lot yeah. of Agatha Christie too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the mystery yeah. aspect. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like. Especially later on, I feel like you get more of the adventure-ness mm -hmm. yes. once certain characters come in. Which we're trying not to reveal. We're trying not to spoil things for Kara because we want her to have the, the, so, the joy right, of discovering. Which yes. I really liked. It was really so, um, so yeah, do you want to like dive into... Um, sure into the the book itself um, oh one thing i was yeah. this is what i was saying before like since we're at the at the beginning um one thing i like to pay attention to is um the first line <laughs> of of the books because yeah, it's sort of the title of the book too yeah yeah we'll, we'll get to the the okay. title crocodile and sandbag because that has to do with more of the the yeah. egyptology but these first lines of novels like i sort of make something of a study of them because that that's what supposed to propel you in suck you in right yeah. immediately because they want you to then to read the second sentence yeah. right and so the first line of crocodile on the sandbank is when i first set eyes on evelyn barton forbes she was walking the streets of rome <laughs> walking walking Makes the streets like a street walker yeah. yes yeah. exactly exactly and that's sort of the play on the joke that you know that sort of kicks off the book and i always i thought that that was very like her sort of entertaining comes her amelianess comes through very very quickly right right like i'm just telling a story what are you talking about i'm making an implication She's, i see this woman walking and like you know and then she faints and then i'm gonna come to her aid obviously <laughs> right so we have Amelia, who how we how we describe her? She's thirty two. So she's a spinster, mm -hmm. uh, past tall, her prime. tall apparently. Uh, a Victorian spinster, a Victorian spinster, broad shoulder. Not that, not that tall. Not that tall. Yeah, she's actually quite dark. Short. Dark. She said too tall. Well, in short and compared to exactly short. I listened to it twice. I'm like, let's go back. I went back in the audio book. She describes yes. her. Tall. She thinks she's unattractive. Yes, and especially like, in comparison to Emerson, she she likes to describe herself, herself as short. short. You could see the motivation for this, though, like wanting to feel him. like... I can as a 6'2 woman because <laughs> I can see the motivation for wanting yes. to feel short. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I think the interesting thing that kicks off the book is that her father dies, right? Yes. And so she Fathers inherits dies. money. She has a brother, mm -hmm. but he's kind of out of the picture. She was the only one that really kept a well, good relationship with yes. the father. So and he so leaves he her directs, everything. Yeah. She has two brothers. 
Yes. Good Britons. Yeah. They'll, they'll become a thing later on. Um, so, like, she inherits the wealth, but she's not married, but all these people are trying to marry her because they know she has money, but she's like, no, don't have time for this. And she's like, I'm going to go travel. Well, she, she dabbles a little bit. Well, she likes, but she talks about, like, kissing them just to see what it's like, and then it's like, ugh. Like her, roast, but that's not until the end of the book. Her her lawyer yes. makes a little bit of a play, yeah, yeah, you know, the in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she decides but to go great, on like can I stop? grand tour of. But it's a beautiful expose of how a woman must go through the world, fending mm-hmm. herself off or fending the men off from their advances, mm-hmm. and finding a way to be independent, yep. and not having to be married or. You know, she's visiting a lawyer on visiting a lawyer on her own, and he's like, "Oh, you must be in want of a husband," yep. and and it just yep. keeps you going. Well, Amelia knows that. Why are they coming around all of a sudden? It's money. because she has money now, and in the Victorian era, they marry her, and it becomes theirs, not hers. Yeah, yeah. And so she decides in a very, very Amelia-like way that I'm keeping this for myself, and I'm going to yeah. do what I like. And so she heads off to Rome mm-hmm. first, and so she's in Rome. Discovers because Edward. where else would you go? should go it's a nice really? place it's yeah. wonderful you know and then she s- sees evelyn walking but evelyn evelyn faints in the evelyn forum faints in the forum in the roman forum and then she runs over and all these idiot she, tourists yeah you know english are, tourists most yeah mm-hmm. and she runs they would be american if it were said yeah. today but <laughs> back in the day yes they were they were british tourists so she rescues evelyn yeah um and and what's evelyn's story do we like Evelyn? What's your first ev- yeah, thoughts on Carrie, Evelyn? What do you character? think of Evelyn? I thought Evelyn was sweet, but she's like a milk toasty sweet girl. But then mm-hmm. she turns out to be much more than that, right? Yeah, yeah. She's so a, she's backbone. She's made of, of stronger stuff. Yeah. But yeah. she's the perfect. Uh, she is the epitome of feminist um, allure mm-hmm. in this Victorian world. She's mm-hmm. blonde. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. slight. She's, she's everything beautiful. that Amelia is not. Yeah. She's blue eyed. She's mm-hmm. very sweet. She's young. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Amelia is the the clean girl, and this Evelyn turns out to be the one who has been yeah, so uh, assaulted and um, she's taken advantage of. Taken advantage yes. of. Yes, so mm. she falls in love with like her painter, right? And he's a, an Italian man, and which is very Pride and Prejudice, yes. Georgiana Duchess yes. of yes. Devonshire kind of. Yes. Uh, not Georgiana Duchess. Of, sorry, but but Georgiana. Sorry, that's a different woman. But Georgiana <laughs> from Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. who is. Um, uh, like a fallen woman. Yes, yeah. but he she tries elopes. to get her to elope, and this girl yeah. does elope. She elopes with the Italian art teacher. And then he never then marries her. He thought she was going to inherit all this wealth, but when the dad found out, or grandfather found out she eloped, he disowned her from the will, and then mm-hmm. the Italian art teacher wanted nothing to do with her and left her exactly. alone in this apartment. So uh, similar to Amelia, starving. right? Like the male interest yes. was there when there was a possibility of money. wealth. And then yeah. once that was gone, then she too was sort of abandoned. But unlike Amelia, Evelyn didn't have anything to anything fall to back, back on. on. And so that's where Amelia becomes sort of Amelia the, the rescuer. Her yeah. And takes her in. She mm-hmm. needs a travel companion. Because Amelia's a sucker, we yeah. learn, yeah. you know, She's over over the years. In the sense. Yes. She I, takes in straight. Yes. Kind of, yeah. A lot. Not like anyone we know. But the story is is essentially the one from Pride and Prejudice of Elizabeth Bennett's younger sister mm-hmm. Lydia. Yeah. Who is taken by yeah. uh, Wickham, that's his Wickham. name. Mm-hmm. And um 
and they end up living in sin for many weeks. Well, because that's and the, they have to be rescued and made to marry. Part of the beauty of Elizabeth Peters is that she was very widely read. Like yeah. she just was vor- a voracious reader. Yeah. And so, if you know these things, right, yeah. you pick out the threads. The you know, here no, there's and there. gothic the from, from the Charlotte yes. Bronte. There's the Jane wit from Jane Austen mm-hmm. and the social commentary, mm-hmm. which is wonderful, and the feminism, mm-hmm. um, and all of these. We things mentioned are there, a little bit really of the fun. H. Ryder Haggard. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I mean by like Scarlet Pimpernel is little Scarlet Pimpernel widely read, right? Because yeah. she's going d- diving into the Victorian literature, yeah. not just mm-hmm. you know sort of the more famous or more popular, popularly known you know sort of books. Yeah. So yeah, that was really fun for me. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to be like yeah. you're like woohoo, like pick up on these little things. Yeah, well, and that was that was part of the reason why these books were sort of a gateway for me because I understood like the more I read, the more I knew, the more I would get, quote unquote, sort of the inside, yeah. mm-hmm. the inside jokes, jokes and references. Yeah. And then you get those other additional layers to mm-hmm. the writing that I think otherwise completely escape yeah. you. Yeah. But, uh, but they make it to Egypt eventually. Yeah, so she takes her on as her female companion because as mm-hmm. a woman, you, it's like kind of Can't shunned go alone, to travel right? alone. Yeah. And her person she brought with her from England her maid was not was like quite not really into she traveling. had a maid and a companion yeah she, yeah. she yeah. You got typhoid yeah she sent home <laughs> it's like you suck conveniently yeah. conveniently sent her away and the maid they sent back later but they weren't made of tougher enough tough stuff so yeah yeah and Amelia yeah, wasn't about to, to turn back Alexandria they make it to Cairo but the person is essentially what she's saying is there are two kinds of people in the world mm-hmm. there are the people that want things to be all their own way and they micromanage things or they're weak and then there are people you want to hang out with Mm -hmm. who can travel cheerfully Mm -hmm. who can look out onto the unknown with great adventure and optimism and not complain and be like i'm in what do you want to do you want to go here yeah fine you want to try that food i'm in let's do it and that's the kind of well everyone could have been like uh wait you crazy woman yeah Yeah. like no i am not going to egypt with you but there there's something about like their vibe together yeah, yeah, Amelia and Evelyn like hit it off, you yeah. know, basically. Yeah, so. and Evelyn got her to like buy new clothes mm-hmm. and stuff, but she was kind of more like, oh, I don't like fashion. And then it was mm-hmm. like, oh, we were shopping, and Which, Evelyn made me get this scarlet gown. Right. <laughs> that shows all my boobies. Yeah, that's like, I look right. amazing in. <laughs> which, uh, which brings up one of the things that I love about Amelia, which is, as you read, to actually sort of pay attention to what she says and what she does. Yeah. Because they completely contradict you know, uh, are contradictory at times, but you can either find that annoying or you can find it very endearing. And I think most people, you know, reading Amelia, yeah, they find her endearing. So even though she can come off sort of pedantic and imperious or whatever, you know, she kind of endears herself to you because she'll, she'll talk a good game, but then she's, like I said, a complete sucker on the, on the other hand. Yeah, exactly. But you know who else she reminded me of as a character? She reminded me of, um, Claire, in yes, Outlander, yes. Uh-huh. because Claire in Outlander, her appearance is, she's not manly, she's not a beauty necessarily, mm-hmm. but she's striking mm-hmm. and attractive, mm-hmm. and she's the also the narrator. Is she the narrator of Outlander? She, she is. Like It'll, it'll go back and forth between uh, first person and third person. It does yeah. go third person yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But, but to have that voice, and then to have somebody talking about the way they look in the world, you have both women who are like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And yet they're both hotties, mm-hmm. but they don't want, they don't know. They don't, like, don't know. See themselves they don't, that way. Exactly. They don't see themselves yeah. that way. They don't see themselves mm-hmm. that way. And, no. and they go out in the world 
trying to live in a man's world yeah. in a way that they're not allowed to be and the men are pushing back. So you see them like seeming unattractive to the men right? because they're not playing it in yeah, that right. patriarchal But Evelyn game. sees it. Yes. Yeah. So Evelyn yeah. sees it with yeah. the, the the scarlet dress and you know this yeah, sort of thing, knows. and so yeah, she's like, oh, this would, this is your yeah. colors, yeah. and and then she's like, oh, Evelyn gets the pretty pinks and light blues, and she which is so what feminine. You start to think that maybe yeah. Amelia wouldn't mind it if yeah, that was more like, her or coloring like her, or, or, or like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like she's just, but she's just her own person. Pink. I know, yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. I don't like pink either, but Amelia kind of does. You know, I think she she sees she has a very a view of femininity. I see. You, and that's you're saying she's sort of buying a yes. little bit of the, this narrative of this is feminine. what... She doesn't think yeah. she's feminine. She doesn't. she doesn't think she's pretty. She thinks she's frumpy. Big, and, brash, loud. Yeah, big boobs. And yeah. she thinks like, you know, you're supposed to look like little girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not her. Mm -hmm. So she like almost like opts so out. So if of I'm the not system. exactly if I if I can't fit in, yeah. I'm not going to even try. Even though she doesn't but it realize, turns out like, she's very attractive. Like you can be hot in a different way. Yeah. Like you can be hot in your crimson dress. With your big boobs and your dark mm -hmm. hair. Well, because, uh, so yeah, so, so back they... then, that wasn't, like, what hot was. Exactly, was hot. exactly. But they make it to Egypt, and it's yeah, Shepherd's Hotel. Story. Yeah, Yeah, so, so they, they make it to Egypt. They're... What year they... is it? It's 1884. Oh, yeah. my God, Amber. That was I'm sorry. frightening. I'm sorry. Early. So, yeah, they, they, they go to Shepherd's <laughs> because that's the place... <laughs> That's the hotel. It's 1884 and is 32 years old. <laughs> we can't talk about like timeline inconsistencies yet. Are there timeline inconsistencies? I would totally have made some of those errors. That's fine. No, I, like, I absolve her. Once you write so many books, you're like, well, now they're like 60. Well, that's how we the do? compendium came yeah. about, you know. Okay, so they make it to Shepherd's. Shepherd's is very famous. A, a hotel. Yeah, very famous Victorian hotel. No longer hotel. In, in existence. Oh, didn't they redo a Shepherd's? So there's then? there was a Shepherd's on the Nile, right. and it's in Cairo. Ones. Yeah, let's clarify. The original one, so burned down in, Cairo, in the 1950s. But Revolution. it's over like near where we used to get um, koshri. Oh, it's like in. It wasn't below. on the Nile. Mm -mm. Not oh, the original and then they moved one. It, it was okay. by. I'm going to say this wrong, but a gar as 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 Bikia Gardens. Asbikia. Asbikia. Okay, okay, there you go. There's a gardens. Kara, stop giving me that look. That gardens. But it was like over near where we get koshery. Like we were now, it's like all the car yeah. dealership area. Near Ifa. Yeah. Yeah. But like a little, yeah, inland. That's the French Institute the for those who don't know what Ifa was. The original of Shepherds was over there and there was a big gardens and... But it was like the place right. where everyone and stayed. To sort of dive into to this historical part of it, we should explain that at this point in time, Egypt is sort of a protectorate. Sort of the of. British. Okay, it is a protector <laughs> yeah. of the British Empire. British. Under colonial but the British, control. Yeah. Right, but the British and the French had sort of split the difference, right? Yeah. So the British sort of get the territory as a protectorate. They get and control the of the Canal. Suez Canal. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're anticipating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but the French, what do the French get? The academics. Yes, yeah, yeah. they get the service, the, the man, antiquity the service, man. right? Yeah. So that's where you get Mariette and, mm -hmm. you know, Maspro and, you know, all of these uh, Frenchmen essentially yeah. running the concessions for archaeologists in Egypt. And so this is sort of the crossroads here. But Shepherds is sort of the British headquarters yeah, in a way. Yeah, like, like you know, all the Westerners. Social stay. headquarters. Yeah, right? it's like the nice hotel. And you all have mentioned before Kate Shepherd's upcoming book, yes. Tea on the Terrace, mm -hmm. which is going to cover 
you know, the sort of the history of shepherds and all of the different social, you know, interweavings, which the Amelia Peabody series gets into sort of here and there. I was thinking of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Shepherd book. Yeah. So So they're staying at shepherds. And then so. No, they're staying at. Oh, yeah. What's the name of the author? uh, The author is Elizabeth Peters. No, no. No. The author of The Tea on the Terrace. Oh, Oh, Kate Shepherd. Yeah, it is Shepherd Shepherds. That's what oh, I thought. Oh, Shepard. Shepard. Yes. yes I've got super confused. I <laughs> Sorry, yes. apologize. Shepard Shepard. Uh, yes. Kate yes. Shepard <gasps> staying at Shepard's Hotel, and yes. she's writing about tea on the terrace at freaking It's a Shepherd's. good thing we've only had, like, one bottle of wine, I because mean, this know, could be very confusing. I'm so, you know, I'm the newbie here. Shepard, so. Shepard, Shepard's. Yeah, so they're at Shepard's. Which was then, burned down in not, 1950 yeah, in the Revolution, right? It's not, yeah, it's no longer yeah. extant. And they well, because it becomes a symbol, right? Yes. Of the British like, colonialism yes. in Like taking in down Egypt. Saddam Hussein's yeah. statue. But so, in Amelia's era, it is home, essentially, yeah, it's right? It's the place where everyone stays. When you're in Cairo, yeah. And then, so they're thinking about what's our trip going to look like. Let's get mm-hmm. a, let's do a cruise. Because that's like... Do they go to the museum first? Well, that's what I'm, I don't remember the exact... I think they went to the museum in the interim. Because they were getting the boat ready. And it took a couple days... Takes right. so many days. Yeah, well, so the, many but days the museum is, visit is important, right? Because this well, is where we encounter yes. the Emerson the brothers. Men. So they're in the museum and they hear all this shouting. Well, they first. But I loved the part. Can I just say? Yes. First, I love the part where she's like, "It's so dusty." Yeah. And she just picks up a shop and she yeah. wipes it. Just, <laughs> yeah. And I love that she could like, imagine like, ah. being in a museum and just like picking up a yeah. statue and saying, "Look, it's so dusty." But so that's how it was, right? Yes. Like in that, you, like you could just touch the antiquities. They were covered and in dust. Like, they were just helter skelter. So that was my favorite first part. And then the yeah. second part was when Maspro was like, "You like it? Here's yeah. one for you." And here's one yeah. for you which is how it happened they had like a gift yeah. shop where you could go in oh, and it. instead of buying a book you would buy a yeah shop you're a wealthy or english or tourist what would you like yes yeah, what would you like? we have a lot of those just have one and, and so emerson yeah, is objecting great. to this vocally emerson comes out as like the very modern moral voice right and so and is like do not touch that put his, them down. yeah his historical or one of his historical Composites. people who comes together in this composite of emerson is william flanders petrie yeah. Who, who in the book he who is not sexy and that's is a problem not, for me. Is not He's sexy. Like cute. But the the inspiration the or his wife eat beans from the Well, can. not that part, but I mean like how he looks. <laughs> not how not how we no, I'm not even let's let's forget Petrie as a sex <laughs> sexual figure here. <laughs> let's focus on Emerson. Emerson's hot. Uh, yeah, Emerson is our Mr. Emerson Rochester is hot. hot. He yeah. is hot. Mr. Rochester hot. I'm down with but, that. But, yeah. okay, and here's and part of Mr. Darcy slash Mr. Rochester. Part of why hot. he's hot, yeah. right, is because he does have a little bit of this Petrie, as Jordan said, sort of progressive ideas yeah. of archaeology. Yeah. And so he's coming in and being like, okay, y'all need to cut this out. And he, he hates was probably all using of the, profanity. he hates Maspero, yeah. he hates all of them. They're doing well, it he wrong. hates what they're doing. Yeah. I think like he tolerates them as humans. Like he's not going to like want to eradicate them or anything, but he'll certainly yell at them and shout at them and explain to them everything that they're doing wrong. Yeah. And he treats he treats Amelia like a Karen. In the truest A little bit, yeah. In they're, the truest they're very sense. much an enemies to lovers. I don't know. I think Petrie's kinda cute. Oh, I just I'm showing currently cute. a picture of Petrie. Yeah, if he's that young, but you have to imagine him in the the field, in the the Victorian era, with no soap and no deodorant. I know, like, I think (laughs) it's little care to personal hygiene. If you don't have deodorant, Um, but you stop bathing for like two weeks, it doesn't smell anymore. All right, so we meet Emerson. (laughs) 
Jeff, his this is no is, reflection on you, I know. His name is Radcliffe. Radcliffe He does not Emerson. go by Radcliffe. He hates he it. He hates Radcliffe. So everyone calls him Emerson. Because Radcliffe is but, from, that's, that's a very Jane Eyre. Okay, kind of well, but here's the thing, Kara. Okay, yes. you must remember this, this yes. feature of his character that he hates his first name because yeah. it will become important later oh. on. He yes. hates his first name. There's a reason. Yes. And and anyone who doesn't want to get punched calls so him. So she never calls him Radcliffe. Emerson. When she's, uh, she's like annoyed. Yeah. yeah. But Just only like only him. Walter, his brother, yes. is allowed to call him Radcliffe. So we have Walter. Because he loves his brother. Who's... Like a puppy dog. Yeah, he's the philologist. Sweet, yeah, he's a philologist. Just a sweet, sweet man. Yeah. Emerson's Slider, the rough and tumble. Yeah. Emerson's the big bear. He's yes. the bear. The archaeologist. <laughs> big right. The archaeologists aren't usually Walter's bears. Walter's the poet. But okay. You know, well, well, not yeah, a poet, getting, but a philologist. Yeah, you know. he feels like the poet brother. Like yeah, the artsy yeah. one or something. He, if, if, if Emerson he's is in the field, sweet. Walter is in the library. Yeah. Yes. And, he, and it makes sense why Evelyn and Walter initially have a quick attraction well, and, to and, each other. Well, initially they sort of are on the same side because they're, they're like, just trying oh to pull God. Amelia and yes. Emerson apart because like, they start shouting at each yes. other. So they they have this encounter at the museum. does not go well, right? Walter and Evelyn are like pulling them apart. Yeah. So it's initially know. like, who are you? Exactly. Exactly. You're the first gross. time he met her, he knew. He did. But we're giving it away. Well, toward the we end, have to again, give yeah, away. spoilers. Spoiler right? alert! We're, we're not. Together. We're not. This is not building to anything. Yeah. Everybody knows what's happening. So yes, and yeah. the, he says later on that, that he knew immediately that she he was liked the one. A little feisty. He liked to be argued with. He liked because he agreed know. with what she was saying. He was like she was yeah. like, look at all this dust. Look that, at this. and I think he didn't like the kind of demure, stereotypical like Victorian mm -hmm. gal. Yeah, like, he wanted someone like of his equal. Very, very true. Well, and also it is interesting what Kara points out that they're sort of kind of on the same side and yet they're still arguing yes. with each other. But I think, <laughs> but I think the arguing their is way of the flirting. sexual tension. Of course. Yes, that's yeah. their yes. way of flirting is like arguing with each other. But it's taken yeah. her, it took her to the end of the she book to understand it, it. Yeah. And then she, finally she's like, oh, this is how we do it. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I think she's a, a red-blooded woman. I think she understood pretty quickly but didn't admit it to herself. No, no, because You think she, she was clueless? Mm, you think? With this, yes, because she's like sex and love love is done yeah. for me mm -hmm. and it took Evelyn to be okay. like oh you really Evelyn think was like, to look and say are you sure uh -huh. I think and then you have to get this dress and I think you would look well, cute like for she, him she has to mm -hmm. have and it pointed out for her she didn't think he was into her at all you can be you super know. opinionated and strong but you can't if you can't deal with your own things. softer emotions you need other people yeah. to break you down yeah. she needed some tenderizing that's yes. very true that's <laughs> that's very true like this this story would not have gone the same way without Evelyn and Walter both sort of mm -hmm. playing that Yep. That person for Emerson and, yep. and Amelia, or for Amelia and Emerson, mm -hmm. goading yes, them. the the younger ones, Walter and Very Evelyn, true. into declaring themselves like, to something. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if it yes. weren't for the others, the you had to have everyone in this community. It takes a village, is yes. what I'm saying. Agreed. Yeah. No, yeah. and they're they're they uh, become their own little family very yeah. pretty quickly, mm -hmm. having this like you say this dynamic that really works for everyone once they get themselves yeah. sorted, but. It was, it took, took a whole book. Yeah. <laughs> it took a whole book for, for that to happen. So they run into them in the museum. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens after that. Well, we, Walter is very much interested mm -hmm. and shows about the hotel they're staying at. And right. They have, you know, But like Evelyn, I'm a fallen woman. Evelyn's like. Sorry, I touched my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Evelyn's like, no, I can't do this because like once he finds out, I've not a virgin anymore. Right, she doesn't like, want to have to tell him. Me. I love like, it when she says later. 
Like, where is the line that I have lost the the woman's most valuable yes. jewel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can see, you can you can see, like without seeing it in the text, Amelia's eye roll. Yes, it was really. I think it was called the woman's most valuable yeah, like, jewel, or most precious, something most precious yeah. jewel, something yeah. that was beautiful. But she doesn't want to have to reveal that to Walter because she thinks. Like and Lucas does it first, but anyway, sorry, like, I skipped yes, it. Like skipped most ahead. men of the time, she's assuming he's going to be like, oh, that guy don't want to exactly. have anything to do with you. You're he was waste. close. He thought but about it's a, it. it's a reasonable assumption on Evelyn's yeah. part to think that Walter is not going to want to have anything to do with her that's once like, he figures that out that she is cool. no longer a, a virginal dun, lady. Dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> So Meanwhile, yes. Amelia's like, and if he's that, and if he's that way, then fuck him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She she has no fucks. But so then we have another gentleman show up in the picture, Lucas. I loved him. I you. loved the way the narrator in the audible. What's her name again? Barbara Rosenblatt. Barbara Rosenblatt. Barbara Rosenblatt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lo- she's Jewish English. I, I don't know, but she is sort of the narrator yeah. for Amelia Pilati. Like, like Barbara Mertz famous. She's hated the audiobooks, but she heard Barbara Rosenblatt and she was like, this is this is yeah. great. Wait, why did she? There were other audiobooks and then mm-hmm. Barbara Rosenblatt read and, them. And Barbara Mertz never listened to her books, you know, and those huh. other audiobooks, but someone brought Barbara Rosenblatt's narration to her attention and she listened to it and she's like, this is great. It was awesome because what she does for Lucas, Mm -hmm. she gives him a lisp. Uh, (laughs) But but that particular (laughs) English accent that kind of has a lisp built in, it's like a Southern English (laughs) accent. I don't know. We're all the, if we could go here, I would, I would love to do that, but I'm not quite sure. The sort of thing that makes you want to smack him in the face. So good. And so it was, he was perfect. Like the part where she's like, he was wearing pants. So, sorry, trousers, so tight that I thought when he sat, something would tear. And it was one, that's not the exact line, obviously, but it was, it was great. It was really good. Did you guys watch Orange is the New Black? No. I did not. So she's a character, Barbara Rosenblatt, in Orange is the New Black. Well, she was in Moon Knight, too. What? She's no, but like famous she's, no, she's a reader? Like, no, she's like an actress. She's an actress, yes. Wait, yeah. let me see her. Well, so this is her Orange in the Black. She's bald because it's part of like the role because she's a oh. prison. Mm-hmm. Is but, she American? No, she's Jewish English. She's Jewish English. Yeah, and she was in uh, The Moon Knight as well. I recognized her voice right Born away. Born in London, New York, and raised uh, London, England, and raised in New York in a Jewish family. She attended huh. Hebrew school as a child. It's just unusual. I hear the name Rosenblatt. I assume she's Jewish. Yeah, but like then, she's gotten all these awards perfect. for doing the Elizabeth Peters books. Oh, they're wonder. It's wonderful. She wonderful. did. And I didn't listen to them for the longest time, even though I knew. I've never listened to them. Even I know though, why. I get why. Yeah. Because you want your voice. Exactly. You want that voice, like that character books. that you have in your I have head. I have time. I can't pay attention to audiobooks. Like, no matter what. I have to rewind. I can't. And people I interrupt can't. me. Yeah, no, yeah, I have I to be able to sit and listen to, to it. But uh, I think the first one that I listened to... Uh, was it was I was still in high school, so I gave her a chance. It was like it was a tape, right? I had to put it in a cassette player and press play. Oh, wow. I know, and so sweet. Hey, you're older than me. Shut up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same, but I didn't do audiobooks except for like Lord of the Rings. But or some uh, shit like that. and I was cheap. I got it from the library, but I listened to it and I was like, okay, okay, I can accept this. You know, <laughs> like you sort of reconcile it with that mm-hmm. character, that voice that you 
you know, had in your head. Um, the only reason I love, I, I don't ever listen to novels on audiobook unless I'm driving across the country and I've done it twice. Once with Wuthering Heights, which I fucking hated by the end, oh, but that's its own oh, I thing. Yeah. I know it's, they're I'm cruel, narcissistic souls who all deserve to die. But that's my own opinion on that book. And I did it with Lord of the Rings because I'm like, I have to drive across the country that's and a this good is how we're going to do it. It's like but you've already read that. I'd already read it. Yeah, yeah that fine. wasn't a so first. Knew. Yeah. And I don't read this way, but the only reason I did it this way is because I had a sick kid at home. Mm-hmm. I'm running around. If I'm doing laundry and I'm cleaning up vomit, yep. literally, sometimes this is the best thing to do and yep. like hook yourself up with oh, little I can, headphones. I can listen, and listen so well when I'm cleaning. Yes. Yep. Like I get, yeah. I had a like, lot focus. to do around the house yeah. this week. So it was good. It was Absolutely. That's when I started listening to audiobooks is after I had a kid. Yeah. And I, as you say, you're cleaning, you're doing laundry, you're doing whatever. And you can still me 15 quote, minutes unquote, to get read. home from Julian's school. There's 15 minutes where I, because my yeah, time yeah. is that, yeah, know, it's that precious sometimes. Yeah. But no, I avoided audiobooks largely until Audible became a thing and I had a kid and I needed, I wanted to read, but I needed my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you could listen. Right. Yeah. So anyway, when she did so, Lucas, yeah. back to so Lucas, Lucas, she was like, oh, I don't know, my pants, I'm sorry, my trousers are my too trousers. tight. <laughs> sorry about the American pants versus British trousers. I do apologize. I know it means so, underwear. So yeah, Lucas shows up, and who's Lucas? He's Her cousin, yes. Evelyn's cousin. Like second cousin, third second cousin. Second cousin or something. Yes. A, a distant enough cousin that she could contemplate marrying him. Yes. Yeah, who comes with the news that, yes, indeed, grandfather died. He was on his deathbed originally. And that she was written out of the will, and mm-hmm. he was the one to inherit everything. And right. out of his graciousness, he wants to marry her because he thought it was wrong that she was written out of the will, mm-hmm. such as you know running away, and that he wants to marry He's her, save her, make I her, have the make money. it right, mm-hmm. and marry her, and everything will be good. Mm-hmm. But. Evelyn obviously is like, I don't love you. And she's very much into like, I want to marry someone I love. And well, like and idea. also Amelia is there and is like, like look, like, you're not corner, buying this, like, are you? Like, gross. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And while they're also in Cairo, and there's a intruder in their bedroom. Yes. Someone, yes. remember? Yeah, he's like a he's like scary a apparition. Scary apparition type person. Well, let's just say it. Someone dresses as a mummy. Someone dressed up as a ghosty mummy person. And shows up in the Kara would have thrown that mummy right out the yeah, window. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I don't think him. so. But of course, you're like, what the fuck is this? You like, would have done it before you Can even I just share with you both? And I think I've told you this before, that after my divorce for like years, I would wake up and see a man standing at the edge of the bed. That's and terrifying. it was horrible. Were you and having like... It was, uh, yes, like, it was like a waking PTSD. dream. It was during the court yeah. stuff and uh, just awful, right? Oh. Um, which is too Did much drama to karate, go into here. Karate chop the ghost? No, I would wake up in a, in a panic and look at him and freeze. Oh, but you were having the, like, where you can't move. Kind of. What's it called? Oh, what's the word? And then once I had Remy in my life, you'd be like, it's okay. What do you see? And I'm like, he's right there. Remy, he's right there. I mean, like, this this yeah. would go on for years. It was really awful. Wow. So these apparitions can yeah, so find their way. you think it's, you know, a dream, kind of a waking dream yeah, oh, or no. like. It was um, awful. It was sleep awful. paralysis. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, you yes, that's it. Yes. All paralyzed. of my fears in these gr- in yeah. this great, very um, tragic moment in my life. It was just like, yeah, there was yeah. a man standing at the foot of the bed. He was going to get me. Yeah, it was horrible. So like, she's thinking it's something like that. Oh, it must have been something I was seeing. Mm. But also like. You know, if someone did break into the room, what were they trying to get? Like, I'm very well. Let's face it: as women, like, we're often too... sort of primed to doubt ourselves. Yes, right. It's like, like oh, maybe I didn't. Is a thing. Yeah. yeah, maybe I didn't see. I, didn't see it. I thought nothing. it was a guy. I mean, this stuff is all knocked over and messed up. But you know, yeah, maybe I imagined maybe it. Was like it. the 
Like we talk ourselves out of it. Throughout the book, she has this undercurrent monologue of, I thought this, Mm -hmm. but I knew I couldn't say it because they would think I was fucking Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say it. Like when she sees the Mm -hmm. mummy for the first time. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. then she's like, oh, yes, I did see this. And then people are like, oh, you saw it, but you didn't say. She's like, if I had said earlier... Yeah, so but, the, you know, the I feminist think it, undercurrent is great. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and also I think it's, Amelia has to get to a point where she's, she, she convinces herself. herself. Yeah, yeah, she, she convinces herself. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm seeing this. There's, you know, there's some antics going on here. And yeah. she's she's fully convinced uh, of that. But Can, well, Another thing, and then yes. I'll let you guys go back. But like, I'm older than you. Um, though I was only three when this book was released. Three years old. But the 70s feminism mm. is there. Yeah. 70s fem- feminism hit hard. And that it was, was like the burn your bra. Yeah, like yeah. militant shit. And it's there in this mm-hmm. book. And we kind of then have gone back and we're like, no, we're going to be all oxy, oxytocin and super nice and amenable. And we're going to work and yeah. work to save our marriages like Brene Brown and all of these things. And mm. nothing's anything wrong with Brene Brown, but sometimes your marriage really doesn't fucking need to be saved. Yeah. And so, and so. I, I, I felt that in this, and it's an, it was interesting to read it in. in that is, too. yeah, that yeah. is interesting for you to to point out because, uh, yeah, I mean Barbara Mertz was experiencing yeah. that so whole got thing. We've through a divorce. Yeah, prior you know. to all this, and mm-hmm. yeah, you could feel it. It was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. great. Well, and it um, it works. Yeah. You yeah. know, like she makes it she makes it work for the narrative, and it makes it more entertaining and you know, certainly gives you a story, right? Because you have women who are not buying into yeah. the narrative that they're that they're supposed to buy into. A little yeah. Susan B. Anthony, like serious yeah. mili- militarism, uh-huh. militarist feminism, a little a little teetotaling mm-hmm. or she would say, but then she would always drink yeah. the whiskey or the or the sherry or whatever. And I was like, yeah. thank God she drinks. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, you'll see so. later on. Too. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't drink, but when I do, it was, <laughs> that's it's great. But, yes. this, <laughs> but this this incident uh, with uh, the intruder at night and uh, tells them they need, they want to get out of Cairo. Yeah. So they're, and prior to all this going on, they were, they had, she had purchased a ship, mm-hmm. a boat. A she had Michael, right? She that had was... Michael the Dragoman, who was a Coptic, mm-hmm. who could speak Arabic and English as her kind of like fixer. Mm-hmm. And they were fixing up a boat to a take Dahabia. it down a Dahabia to take the it down, yeah, to take it down the the Nile and hit up all the spots, which is the sites. the best way to travel in the 19th century, right? I would Unless still you travel that way. Ride a horseback it. or donkey it. back, or like I've, I follow this Instagram that's like Dahabeas, like but like luxury ones, and I'm like, uh-huh. Oof, that's the way to do it. Like they're beautiful. Well, and that's basically what a million em- Evelyn really, did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They set it up, and so. Lucas is like, I want to win your hand in marriage. And they're like, okay, fine. Like, you can get your own boat and, like, come along, but, like, at your own accord. But we're, like, not going to, like, help you along. So the plan is, like, we're going to sail. They're going to stop at some spots along the way. Lucas is going to follow. Visit the archaeological sites. Yeah. The archaeological sites. Because Amelia realizes she loves pyramids and tombs and all things dark and Oh, yeah. She visits the sites and she's like, this is where it's at. Like, I want more. Yeah. Which you really got to love it to love it in the 19th century because it can be an well, unpleasant then, experience they, like, now. Drag them up to the pyramids. They're like, oh yeah, and we you can like, climb the pyramids in the 19th century. Up the pyramids. I would so go up the pyramids. I would. Yeah, too. yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be a great view. I got to climb. To and the I would listen to your story awesome. when you got back to the bottom. Oh, you wouldn't do it. I don't like heights so much. I would go up maybe a little bit. 
But yeah, so she loves <laughs> pyramids. She loves archaeology. And so they're, they're getting on their boat. They're going to sail away from all the evils of Cairo and be on their way. And their first stop is Amarna. Yeah. So they're going to go see Amarna, the heretic king. Who they call who in Aten. So she talks yes. about the spelling choices. If you in the author's note, at the beginning because of the this book. is the 19th century. That's how it used yes. to be spelled. Yeah, yeah. So they're still sort of figuring out the Egyptian, which isn't yeah. that huge a problem. Who in Aten instead of Achenaten. You're just turning mm-hmm. two of the phonetics, mm-hmm. and it's all right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's the way they would have said it. So why yeah. change it? Well, and she said she was going with like the times. Yeah. Yes, and Wasret was like. Usertan, and, yeah, Usertan. You, know, you know, there. She does a great job of that throughout the series of sort of using that contemporaneous um, uh, terminology. But then also, she has Walter to come in and be like, you know, you've she actually been looking way. at this, yeah. yes, and actually, let's call it. You know, it, it's supposed to be pronounced this way. So, huh. Walter is there again, sort of similar to Emerson in that he's sort of putting in sort of these new, new ideas, these more progressive sort of scholarly academic ideas, you know, sort of into the narrative to, again, like it, it makes it more interesting and it, it keeps Amelia not stuck in the 19th century. Right. Yeah. You know, she's got, um, you know, some good intellectual engagement. It's true because she's hanging out with these hyper progressives who are on the cutting edge of the field. So she's always there, not in 1880, but almost in yeah. 1920, mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. as it were. True, yeah. true. Yeah. Well, and Amorna, like, have both of you been there? No. Yes. I have. I have. Oh, you have. I yeah. haven't been. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I have, yeah. And you can bet I had my, my copy of Elizabeth Aww, Peary in my so back pocket. Sweet. Did you rub it against the North Tombs and the South Tombs? No. But you went into the tombs and you thought, this is where they No, I, yes, I stood on the cliffs there, yeah. you know, by the tombs. And I was just looking out over, mm-hmm. you know, the Amarna Plain. And, yeah, well, and here's the thing, too. And, again, maybe this is my imagination, but... One of the things that Elizabeth Peters does so well is she sets place mm-hmm. like just so well because oftentimes she's been to these places yeah. that she's writing about she and she just captures, she's great at writing character, but she's great at capturing place. Yeah. And I went to Amarna and I swear to God, I felt like I'd mm-hmm. been there. That's crazy. You know, because I I had read, because you are at Amarna in Crocodile on the Sandbank, yeah. but you go back. Yes periodically when do i go back um you go back later on in the series but you know they name their house amarna house oh. in in kent so amarna because that's the place where they met right so this continually plays in the series and also amelia has a very 19th century romantic idea of Akhenaten, and, and yeah. you and she would have had a very oh no she very... thinks he's an awesome <laughs> beautiful monotheist wonderful man well but she's looking at this relationship between Akhenaten and nefertiti that you see in the reliefs and is thinking like, oh, ah a love yeah and and, and like a 19th century yeah. like ah they you know they love each other and she's sort of caught up in that narrative but yeah amarna as a place um is not imposing to visit <laughs> but the tombs are great right yeah you know um, yeah so they they roll up in their boat yeah they're gonna they they ride a donkey out to donkey the site in to the site and donkey <laughs> donkey in and who is digging? as opposed to ubering in they're ubering gonna donkey in, in. They ride the donkeys in and just like who so happens to be digging the emerson oh no the emerson emerson has the concession and he has the concession he's digging there and it's like, but who oh. actually was the first to dig in amarna in the 19th century petri petri yeah yes i don't know if he was the first one or not i think so okay yes um and so at least so like professional archaeologist mimicking, right yes so. mocking that 
initial yeah. excavation there. And so Emerson is tackling this site with these new and scientific principles. The new, um, the floor. The pavement. The pavement that you, is in the Cairo Museum now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was given the 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 treatment that with tapioca and whatnot. <laughs> Petrie did that the, right, to the original, it. yeah, to the original thing. So, like so what or... she describes Emerson doing in the book to sort of help preserve these painted pavements, this treatment Petrie um, invented and yeah, and gave to the uh, and put it's on tapioca himself. and water that you have to put. I on think so. Yeah, is that how it was described? Yeah, yeah. And she's yeah. She said, remember her describing like her fingers getting like all torn up and stuff from just like dabbing. And Otherwise, mm -hmm. it just, it blows yeah, away. It's the too pigments fine. are blown you away. Have, like, right, and touch. so they're exposing it. And so Emerson is doing the archaeologically um, responsible thing, which is attempting to preserve what he has exposed, mm -hmm. right? Um, Document it. And then you, we find right. out Evelyn's a good painter and she can paint. She's an artist, yeah. She's an artist and she can paint everything. Which fits in with many 19th century yes, women who served as artists good, on archaeological excavations. Yes, good female skills. Yes. But... What happens? What makes them stay? Like, why don't they just, you know, Cara, what roll makes up them and stay? Leave? Do you remember? He's sick. It's oh, there's full of rescues, and yes. rescues are what rescues mm -hmm. are wonderful in romantic novels because they take strong characters and they break them down into their vulnerable parts mm -hmm. so that they need. And otherwise, you wouldn't have any people getting through. So Emerson is very, very ill. He's about to die. And Amelia comes in and saves his life, mm -hmm. practically. And the part where he squeezes her hand so hard mm -hmm. that she's, you know, her hand is bruised. And Walter has to point it out. And you know he feels very bad about it, the, um, Emerson, the older mm -hmm. Emerson does, because he's done it. But it's these are the kinds of things that, you know, when you're 12 or 13 or 14, these are the things that you remember as, oh my God, you know, such a thing ever <laughs> happened to I me. Touched a boy's leg. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's so true. It's but, very true, yes. I mean, let me tell you that um, as a, a woman getting divorced at the age of 42, when I was able to touch the hand of the man that I loved, it was like, I felt like, I was in one of these novels. Right? Exactly. It's like, it's oh, like my an, God, oh my God, oh my God, Aussie, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yes, you can have raunchy sex or it can be Something so restricted so... and and tamped down that just one little touch mm -hmm. is like the age of innocence, you know, an yeah. Edith Wharton novel where they touch wrists. It's like, oh my God, oh my God. These, this is what, this is what true romance can be built upon. Mm -hmm. Or and the so, or the attraction or, or the person means so much to you that you don't want to reduce it to raunchy sex. Yeah. Right. That you sort of hang Holds on to that. Back. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. we're all supposed to have these and strong, district. strong personalities. And Emerson is so strong and Amelia is so strong. The only thing that will bring them together is some sort of breaking down of that strength mm -hmm. and sickness is the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is and the yeah, way. So she, so that is, yes, that is her narrative. Take and care I agree. of them. They move into <laughs> the tomb yeah. next door. And can we not all say, have we not all been sick in the field? Mm. Yes, we sixth yes. house sons. I was three. sick at Amarna. <laughs> I was sick at Amarna. I've been sick in all the places. And Egypt, if anything, will break yes. you down. It is Egypt with its heat, its sun, yep. its bugs. And there is nothing that breaks down social no veneers no, more true. quickly than than throwing up in front of someone yes, or yeah, being true. so yes. so very sick <laughs> in yeah. front of someone you and get i think to know people yes 
this is why they stay, yes. right? She she, she will demands, not. She's like, yes. no, I'm staying until you're better. We're going to yes. move into the tomb next door. Which, of no, course, is like, an excuse. She's never going to leave a dying patient. Well, there's no also, way. like, well, she it's wants an to excuse know. to stay. She's like, I want to see what's going on. This archaeology thing is interesting. Uh-huh. She's into I want to stay in a tomb. And she's into him yeah. secretly. And then, obviously, Walter and Evelyn are into each other. And so the part like, where she picks out the tomb is awesome. She's like, so we should pick out a fine tomb. Yeah. Let's pick out a tomb. I So they you know, they, they bring all their baggage. And they have a, the, the poor Egyptians have to drag it all to yeah. the tomb. Uh, yes. You know, the, the little colonial elements yes. are there. Uh-huh. And oh, there yeah. are those among us in Egyptological scholarship who would like to recreate all of those colonial elements in every yep. in every way. And we are not those people, but but it's yeah. there in these books. And yeah. and you know, I don't think it's Elizabeth Peters trying to um, uh, romanticize it, it the, the abuse she's of other people. Accurate. I think she's just talking about the period. And it yeah, comes yeah. up later many, many times. No, she in brings the it up all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How it's Egyptians are used as servants and, yes, and practically enslaved people mm-hmm. for the enjoyment yeah. and pleasure mm-hmm. of all of these white Brit- British and French people. Yeah. It's it's there it as a as a side narrative. I think it's well, and Emerson well. is always there to basically say this is all bullshit. Yeah. yeah, you know the way these people are treated and and this sort of thing. And he's there, sort of, a, you know, framing it more as you know wanting to give people jobs, yeah. training them professionally. You know, with mm-hmm. Abdullah eating hey, his well. canned food so that people don't have to give him his his beautiful sumptuous meal and yeah. serve mm-hmm. at table. Yeah, he gets, like, upset when he's, like, tablecloth and wine and, like, what is all this? Lots of Downton Abbey type discussions, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So they're there at the site. Upstairs, downstairs. Things are, you know, going fine. And then the word goes around that they found a mummy in a tomb, Ah, right? And so they go and they're like, wait, what? And they go and they find there's a body, a mummy, in one of the tombs, but it's not... The original inhabitant, or something like this. It's a li- and you, you. Yes, the oh, late period. Late the period way. mummy in an Amarna tomb. All of us went, what the yes. what? Because that would never happen. Right. Like wrapping. And, and late period mummies are very easy to recognize because of the intricate sort of weaving of, of the of yeah. the wrapping of the mummy. Right. And so someone like Emerson and and Walter, yeah, they yeah. instantly would know that this is is it doesn't belong right. in this context. And yeah. finding something yeah. like that in Luxor, no problem. Yeah. Right. But, but not in Amarna. Yeah. randomly so they yeah. bring it back and you know they're documenting it doing their thing with it but then it disappears <laughs> right it goes missing dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. it caught up and walked away of course walked away. something happened to it someone took it whatever and then the haunting starts. and then the haunting starts right amelia is the first to see this, this creature mummy mummy creature um ghost man walking with and, the brilliant descriptions, yeah. you know, that are... are like the moonlight and the moonlight. Yes. And, very, and he's got and he no like, face, no, howls, no eyes, no he mouth. he howls like a, like a jackal. He mules yes. and mews and yeah. it's like moaning and this scary. moaning, yes. creepy yeah. sound. She sees it and then the first time she sees it, she's like, I'm not going to tell anyone because no one's going to believe me. She's like, be What's like, what this? was in that whiskey I drank yeah, like, last oh, night? I must yeah. have had a weird dream. Something's wrong. Like those canned peas. Yeah, something's going on there. <laughs> and then soon later after that, Lucas shows up. Right, so we have another man on the he scene. He finally makes his he way to Amarna. Hits Amarna because he's following them, as you remember. And Amelia's like, awesome. She's he like, found Great, us because obviously Evelyn's into Walter. 
Like we have a weird love triangle going on here. Because Lucas understands the competition right away. Understands competition. Walter immediately is like her rich cousin. And Evelyn's very pleasant to him. It's not like she's dissuading him or, in, you know, she's oxytocin. very nice. She's all oxytocin. Yes, she's fawning. Yeah. Um, and then we have more mummy occurrences. Right? Yeah, this mummy keeps keeps appearing and keeps, keeps, appearing. keeps making a nuisance of itself. Dead. Emerson heals. They go he back to... If he lives. He lives. He lives. <laughs> he lives. They're going back to, you know, back Again, to excavation. one bottle of wine. <laughs> he lives. I love that. I'm going to remember that. He lives. He lives. No, ever. Uh, he lives. He lives. <laughs> now you all feel my pain. I'm never going to live this one again. <laughs> but... So then the mummy creature comes out because Evelyn sees it. And then Amelia's like, wait, did you see something too? And they like finally have a powwow and are like, yes, we both saw it. Okay, now we have to say something. So they say something to the What are the changes that both of us are crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, okay, it comes out. They all start. They're like, all right, we have, obviously this is someone dressing up. We have to solve this mystery. And then also the and all the Egyptians. local Egyptians are like, oh, there's a mummy. It's and they've haunted. deserted them. And they deserted. Yeah. And so they have to go so into town. So all of the Europeans are left all by themselves. All by themselves, <laughs> which is not good news because they don't know how to do anything. But it simplifies the colonialist. It does. Yes. <laughs> it does. Except Mike, Michael, yeah, the Coptic guy that's yeah. with them, um, is still helping them at least. But so they, they're like, let's set some traps. Let's catch this guy. So they attempt to set some traps. Um all to no avail they don't catch him they see him but he runs away they can't do anything all these kind of like you know bad things happen a, a lot, lot of cat lot and of mouse bad, a lot of cat and mouse and a lot of bad luck mm-hmm. at one point they go into the wadi to the royal wadi to go see the royal tomb which is a canyon which is yeah. a canyon and they're in the tomb and there's a rock fall have you been to the royal tomb Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, so, very good. You know, Amelia and Emerson go into the royal tomb. There's a rock fall, and he has to like push her against the wall and save her. Very sexy. We're very very sexy. sexy. Ooh, we're touching. We're, uh, we're 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 turning up the embers on that slow burn. Slow burn, <laughs> slow build. But they're hey, like, watching the X Files. That kind of thing would have oh, yeah. been very sexy too. So you know, and like Emerson fine. gets his shoulder hit right, like his like shoulders dislocated, but he like saves her. And Mulder and Scully. And, and, and Amelia's like, let me reduce that for you. Yes. <laughs> And then they get, pop they, that back into joint. They get freed, and now he's he's hurt again. So she's a nurse him back to health again. Meanwhile, um, he's ruined a shirt. Meanwhile, he's ruined a shirt. Which this, is this is an inside joke? This Kara. is an inside joke. Wait, why? Because like one of the quotes from the book is another shirt. Um, Amelia is always like another he's shirt. Always ruining, ruining his shirt. really. He's yes. always ruining his shirt. Yes. Oh. And Amelia, as job. as the the long suffering wife who's trying to keep him clothed in that's not fair. you know decent. You know, looking attire. It's horrible. Why can't he? Get, what? Let him go. Emerson just doesn't him. think about it. Exactly. No, but Amelia will not let him. Get do covered that, in blood. Right? They usually end up. He usually ends up getting bloody and blood, blood. ripped, rips, buttons. Doctor Bronner's gets out blood. Yeah, she just needs some Doctor Bronner. <laughs> Duh. So anybody traveling in Amelia. the field or in a backpacking mode, bring some Doctor Bronner's bar soap. Because you you know you can't bring liquids anymore, and it cleans fucking anything. That's what I used to bathe. Yeah, it's great, and it, it also gets up blood yeah. from fabrics. So you yeah. know, not that you know why would it's we know less, this? That is a less literary uh, solution to the problem here. 
No, we want Emerson to take off his shirt. <laughs> Come like, on, like Kara. Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yes, with the wet yeah. shirt. Exactly. Turn off that audiobook. Go back so, to the text. <laughs> so, so they're trying to catch the money. They're like, we got to do this, right? The um, risks keep on getting heightened, right? It gets the, well because the, the, the mummy is getting, getting desperate, right? The mummy's getting desperate. They're like, "What does the mummy want? What's he out to do?" And they finally kind of realize the mummy's always trying to get Evelyn mm-hmm. or, or Amelia, right? They're always going to the girls' rooms. Um, and then at one point, they they do another stakeout, and Evelyn is more than happy to blame herself. Yes, yeah, she's like, "It's my fault. Like, let them. I'll leave. Like, there's right. all this discussion of me leaving. We should just leave and go somewhere else." And you know, we should all leave and do all the stuff, but then it's kind of like a... But no up, one really wants no to leave. No one really wants to leave, yeah. and they want to catch who it is, because they don't want the workers, right? Um, and there's another stakeout. Well, and eventually I think they become convinced that the mummy would just follow yes. wherever yeah, they they're go. Not, they're not sure if it would, you know, actually leave them alone. Yeah. Because at first it was like, oh, the workers just trying to, like, scare us off. They don't want us digging here. Right. And then it's like, no, I, I think it's something to do with someone here. As the books go on, she shares more with Emerson. She doesn't try to hide these things as much. Yes. Yeah, yes. they have, they just, well, they always have, um... Little competition. uh, Competitions to see who solves the case. And they write it in an envelope and they put it away. Oh my goodness. To see who's who's right. You'll see. Because Emerson's always like one of the other one of the other quotes is like another dead body. Like wherever Amelia goes. Yes. Every year another dead body. She's always he's just trying to do his archaeology, but like she's always finding a dead body that they have to solve the case of. So it's these these ideas. But so they have one last big statement. A lot of Nancy Drew in here too. Yes. They one last big stake out and and Lucas has his guns and Walter has ends up getting shot by accident by Lucas, right? Because Lucas isn't too good of a shot. We've injured Emerson um, and now we've got to injure now Walter. We have to injure Walter. Yeah. Um, and you shoot the mummy and the mummy keeps going. The mummy is just impervious. <laughs> it's like, isn't that supposed to be zombie, right? Yeah. The zombie. The mummy it keeps going, but like the mummy keeps going. Impervious. Okay. It's like very weird creature. It paws at its chest. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's like where the bullets have exactly. hit. Exactly. Yes. Like I said, um, sorry, I keep touching my I know, I did, I'm I did sorry. too. I did too when I was pulling at my chest. <laughs> sorry. Um, this lack of professionalism. Yeah, God, Amber, you're used to being behind, <laughs> behind the screen. I am, I am. I can keep my mouth shut and sit over there, but there was no, no way, way in fucking hell that this conversation <laughs> oh. was happening without me. <laughs> That was not a beer. Um, that, was that was not seltzer a water. Beer. We're staying hydrated. It was totally a beer, people. <laughs> Kara doesn't drink beer. <laughs> That's well, very I've only good seen you drink Guinness. That's the only beer I've ever seen you drink. So the last, I would say, the last big plot twist is how do we want to describe it, right? So we're finally like, okay, we need to figure out who the mummy is, mm. and I think Amelia and Emerson are talking about it over dinner and they I think they're having they start to compare notes they start to compare notes because Emerson has no idea about Evelyn's past Mm -hmm. and so Amelia is finally willing to sort of divulge some of these more personal details that she knows Evelyn doesn't want her to talk about yeah and it's coming to a head the whole Lucas Evelyn Walter love triangle and finally Evelyn's so fed up with the mummy she's like I'm gonna marry Lucas and we're leaving because she thinks there's a curse, and she, she thinks, thinks she's it's all cursed, her fault. and she thinks it's all her fault. So she's going to marry him, take him up on his offer, and leave. And then they are to leave too, right? Everyone's going to go back to Lucas Cairo. And then Lucas reveals 
Because Walter goes running after her. Well, so they go off on a walk, and Walter's pissed, and Amelia finally says, the whole book, she's like, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not getting involved. No, she's like, okay, I got to get involved. And then finally, <laughs> she's like, Walter, like, she fucking loves you. You idiot! And he's like, oh. And so he runs off after her. They see them all three conversing, and then it starts, it devolves into a fight. Between Lucas and Walter. Walter does not, He's like, not a fighter. He's not good with the clinch. He's a lover. Like, he, <laughs> he totally gets clocked. He gets clocked. No, Walter down. And then Lucas. he clocks him back. Yeah. He clocks him both, back. They're both not fighters. Yeah. And then Emerson and, and Amelia. I was trying to fight. So I, could, I could only do so much. That's Lucas. And then Lucas, Lucas in his, his anger reveals Evelyn's dark past. Yeah. It's like, you slut. You slut. Yeah. You slept with. Because he's sure that Walter will not want to be. Yes. He's I'm not going to want her if he knows. Of, you know, I'm being nice, and and then Evelyn's like, "Yes, oh, I'm a, I'm an ill. What's it called? Like a, what the word? A used, woman of ill repute. Ill repute. Yes, no, I but like, there's another word that she's been like uh, sullied. She lost her greatest stool. Yeah, but there's another word. I don't think. I don't think Emerson that's used says here. it, and he says not that she seems to be in any way disfigured or something it was um oh look i turned right to it really? how did i do that wow you knew uh, I, sorry guys but he says not assaulted not that she's been damaged not that she seems damaged it's a word like damaged yeah. um he's like though she seems perfectly fine and whole to me yeah um, he doesn't like, care either yeah yeah. not only have i lost a woman's most precious jewel i gave it up to a profligate a wastrel and a ruffian. <laughs> so I acted of my own free will. Yeah. So Evelyn. But then, saying, what does like, Emerson say after? Oh, and it's it's in a different part. Yeah. Um, we so she's like, I'm a whore. I'm a slut. You won't want me. Ah, uh, what was me? And then there's a pause, and then Walter falls to his knees. Yes. And is like, how little you think of me that I would like care about the such little things, and will you marry me? Blah blah blah, and then that part after they're like they're non characters yes, in the story. They're just after like that. all like holding hands, like yes. off in like a corner by themselves, like looking into each other's eyes, yeah. and it's hysterical. And then Lucas huffs off away yeah. into like the f- desert on a walk or something yes. to like clear his mind. Right, and then Emerson dismisses them all and says it took long enough, heaven knows, and became sickeningly maudlin toward the end. <laughs> of course, kiss your fiance. Let's all go back to camp. Yeah. Yeah, but keep going. There's a part where he says she's He's talking to Amelia about it. Yeah. Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about, and I can't find it right now, of course. But you'll find it the next page. It's like right. It's right there. It's like right. It's the next page. It's like right there. It's right there. Because he says it in front of them. I'm like, I can't believe he said that in front of Evelyn. That's so horrible. He has no shame. Yeah. May I congratulate you, my lord, on behaving like a true British nobleman? Oh, that's totally Will you heap the coals of fire on our heads by joining us with and a toast to the engaged couple oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about but yeah, i don't yeah. see it here dang it he says it, it to might Amelia. have been like later when they're they're like off like canoodling and they're yeah. like talking about them like that it he well but it he in says it in front i was gonna say he says it in front of walter to to push him on yeah like, come on man like um so yeah so lucas storms off we go back to camp and then now we still have the issue of the... So, like, one problem solved. We have one romance solved, but we still have the problem of the mummy. So then they come to their final... So their, you know, heads come together, and they're talking about it, and they finally come to the conclusion that it has to be 
you know, whose it has to be in this situation and how are they going to catch the mummy finally um, and, yeah, reveal who the... And at the same point, I left this out, but Michael disappears, the Coptic. Michael disappeared, yeah, a little yes. bit before the, the final um, climax. And then one of the other... The and they can't find night him. night or something like this, they hear this, like, terrible noise and they run out to see who it is and it's the Michael who's been like held captive and he's like dying right at the same time and that they and the mummy's using that as a distraction to get Amelia and Emerson away from the camp and right and they look back up to the cliff face and the mummy is walking out of the tombs carrying Amelia uh, Evelyn yeah you have sort of like a Godzilla yes moment there where <laughs> because King the Kong. monster is carrying King off Kong, you mean. the blonde heroine <laughs> yes Godzilla, not Godzilla King Kong not Godzilla <laughs> Godzilla is the giant <laughs> nuclear nuclear yeah, waste reptile. monster it's monkey thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. there's a reptile versus a primate. Yes, yeah, it's hard yeah. for them. He's got no arms. The reptile. Yeah, we need some opposable thumbs <laughs> to grab the. Grab but so the because woman. the night before they all had wine that Lupus brought, right? And they were all had a cup of wine. They'd all been drugged. And they all and Amelia had a weird sense. She was really tired, but she knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And she came out of the tomb. And Emerson was also there. And they were both realized. They both are figuring Laudanum, out. Yeah. And like Walter and Evelyn were both like out, gone. And they were like, we need to fight, like staying up. And like Lucas also had been drinking the wine. So he also was out, gone. And so then, then they hear the screaming of Michael and they run over and the guy's dying. And then they look up to the tombs and the mummy's there carrying Evelyn, who's passed out because she's drugged up on opium out of the tomb he's got her and so they're like shit right and he's <laughs> running and emerson like hightails it back and amelia i always love these because she also has all her skirts yes right? she can't run as fast oh, that part and she's was always hysterical. like she changes skirts. her outfit yes she decides so You'll somebody's see. wounded and they, she's like rip another petticoat and she <laughs> doesn't have a petticoat she's in her night dressing yeah. gown so instead she just rips everything up makes a bandage and then wraps makes around her legs and makes trousers yes. yes and she's and then she's able to walk through the desert mm-hmm. very freely mm-hmm. so and i must assume that in book two she actually oh, has real trousers she develops her own she's like the inventor of trousers and pith helmet and the whole thing i assume uh oh yes which wow. is what which well, is it's what the some belt. among us it's the belt to of tools that really yes, she has a belt of tools yes but there's also a an ongoing trope of how emerson doesn't wear a helmet he refuses exactly he doesn't like hats. him to wear his helmet he's, he's gonna like, get skin yeah. cancer yeah well that's why he t- takes off his shirt and gets all tan and he does he, he takes works off his shirt and gets all tan yeah, and works with the workers yeah. which makes it like you know really you know, dicey whenever he tries to embrace his wife because she has her belt of tools. He has no clothes. <laughs> she's pokey. Yeah, she's pokey. She's pokey. Uh, I guess I have to wait no to get to the second novel. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wait. So yeah, so they're chasing after the mummy who has Evelyn. And so it's married romance for like the next yes, 18 novels. Yeah, but it's good. They have a good vibe together. And I have that, to assume like, her son has a romance. Well, once he grows up. Yeah. Yeah, you but otherwise, it's up. just married romance. Yeah, Kara, there's nothing wrong with this. <laughs> it's good. They have a good. They have a good. A marriage license yeah, does you, not change. Speaking of two people who are married, it doesn't have to change. And I'm essentially married because I've been with the same person for like nine years. <laughs> okay, fine. That's our lives now. I'll, I'll enjoy some married romance. That's good. Kara's like, wait, they're married. Yeah, <laughs> <Ew. laughs> 
<laughs> like this is like Gross. having an audible narrator because it ended with her being pregnant and all i could think of was oh now it's fucking ruined <laughs> Yeah, well, well okay, wait, so wait. here's the thing, because, because <laughs> she, she also feels that way. Because like, Elizabeth Peters, yeah, she didn't intend for this to be the beginning of a series, right. right? And so she tells you how old Amelia is, she puts her in a firm place in time, she marries her, and she gives her a kid. Right. So yeah, like you say, at the end it's of the like book, it's like she's over, fucked, right? Yeah. It's like, no, no. Just wait. Okay. She's Elizabeth like, Peters is on the like, job. Go have got, fun in the sand. <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're going to take this in and roll with it. And the series is better for it. Yes. No. So can I ask, since yes. both of you know these things, so this book was released in 1975 and then it like took off, like everybody loved it and it was a huge bestseller or what happened? I don't know. I think it was probably one of her more successful books yeah. and it caused her publisher a few years into the future, like five, six and years. Right I think more. The Curse of the Pharaohs is the second book and it was, I don't know, 1981 or so. Yeah. Oh, so much um, later. So it was a few years. Wow. Right? I think it took a little it bit was, to get It was picked something up. that was successful She wrote enough. Redland, Blackland in between or what? She wrote Before. both of those first. Before. Yeah. Before. Okay. Yeah. And so I think it was successful enough that the publisher came back and said, hey, how about another Amelia Peabody, yeah. you know, novel? And people liked it. And also I think she was inclined to do it because sure. the Egyptology was fun and, yeah. you know, she had fun writing it and researching it. And So she actually became more popular as she wrote more mm-hmm. yeah, of these. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't like an overnight sensation. Oh my God! It was like, oh, this is this has gotten a little yeah. traction. Yeah. yeah, and as she, you know, had to research these novels, she, you know, got in and um, I think as, our, as she, she put it in, in one lecture, like sort of sucked up to the Egyptologist, right? Sort of got in with that crowd, and so she could go to the excavations. House, she was always going house, to Egypt, yeah. and you know, um, developing relationships with these Egyptologists and having all kinds of interesting Egyptological discussions and building the plots to her books and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah. So, but where were we? Anyway, Evelyn was getting kidnapped by the mummy. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then, so what's yeah, the final the conclusion? What happens? Evelyn is captured. They're running after. They're shouting. Walter oh, yeah, up. she has to make a racket. Amelia has to make a racket from the tomb. Mm-hmm. Oh, but there's a... Oh, but the, we forget the best yeah, part. Yes, so they're Lucas. hiding. There is no the best part before any of this so happens is when the, the cobra is about to bite her. And Emerson oh, yes, stops and Emerson. the cobra from that's biting true. her, and then he kisses her all over. And I'm okay. sorry, that's the okay, best part. Okay, okay, no, that's you're, the best part. You're conflating two different scenes. But yes, still, yes, that yes. happened before. I know. Yes, it's true. But it's still it's the true. best it part. It is important. So the cobra Because Amelia thinks it's a dream. It, yes. It's awesome. So, yes. So it's a really At another part. point where there's all this bad just luck. pulling out the good romance yes. part. So, that I couldn't, that I had to read myself. At another point when there was... Earlier. Bad luck Pre-climax. Pre-climax. When there's just bad just luck, again, no pun, no pun intended. <laughs> when there's bad luck happening, Amelia goes to take a nap in her tomb, and she wakes up, <laughs> and there's, tomb. and she's like, feels a weird presence, and Emerson's like, don't move, and she like looks down, and there's friggin' cobra, at her, on her bed, like about to strike her, and then Emerson's like, super stealthy, like, and Emerson who hates guns who hates, happens to have Lucas's have pistol, Lucas's gun, because that's what he shot. Walter was accidentally and Emerson confiscated it. Confiscated it. Like, you and he idiot. Happened to gun. have one bullet. And left. he happens to be an extraordinary shot. Of course. Yeah. He's. Emerson. I know. I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised. And he <laughs> gets the snake. He shoots the snake, and Amelia her, faints. And he grabs her in a very uber feminist, very hysterical feminist. way. Like the only fits all the yes, stereotypes for once. And he's like, "I love you for this. Yes, love you, bitch, or whatever. Yeah, and." um and and so then good. the kiss part yes. is once they see Evelyn get stolen away by the mummy, they run back up to this the This is tombs. another kiss. 
Yes. Because after Emerson shoots the snake, Amelia faints, but Emerson like embraces her and she thinks it's a dream, right? Yes. And very she's close. she's enjoying this. Yes. Right? But she's like, yeah, I should probably wake up. And Emerson eventually is like, okay, she's gonna wake up here, and so he lays her down and slaps her across the yeah. face. So she wakes up all pissed. Like you've disturbed my my lovely dream, not necessarily realizing yeah. that it wasn't a dream. Yeah. But yeah, so the other kiss the other kiss <laughs> is they're in the tombs and the mummy slash evil person is shooting at them. Has them pinned down. Has them pinned. Pen- it's Lucas. Lucas has them pinned down. Yes. Well, yes. We, yes, we are coming to find out. Because the mummies run away with Evelyn. Yes. And Lucas is shooting at them. And so they're in the tomb trying not to get shot at. And then they've come to a plan where she's going to make a bunch of noise in the opposite direction. Like and throwing then, things out the yeah. tomb door like, so that Emerson like, can like run out and, and so he can run go the down. other direction. So yeah. Lucas doesn't know where, you know, the noise is coming from. And before they part. Emerson's got to hype himself up. He's right? got to hype himself up. He's going to run into the gunfire. Yeah. He says, God damn it, if I'm going to die, I'm going to kiss you yes. first. And he does. Kisses. Yeah, no, that's not what he says. <laughs> that's good, though. I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's I was like, I was about that. He should have said that. It was good, though. That was good. Yeah, you should write you. books. I'll, I'll, I'll work on you it. You should write some romance novels. Uh, I, it's my next life, man. I'm going for it. Well, Retire? he debates, he debates with himself. I prepared my whole himself. life for this. You should. He has Amelia <laughs> sort of Pinched. between his they're arms. Like, like, he's laying on top yes, of her. She's like, between his arms. And he's debating with himself. He's like, he's like should I? You know, like by God, I will even like, even die. even if I have to live to face God the consequences. Oh yeah, he says it a lot. Even even if I have to live to face <laughs> the consequences, and then he kisses, kisses her. her, which she. It's interesting because she sort of reflects here, is like because as you say, she had sort of invited those previous suitors. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey, what's it's it like? It was like nice. It was yeah. a lot better than she had experienced. It was in the past. A, a whole other ball game with Emerson. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, his experience. So, which we'll, which we learn, <laughs> well, no, I we'll think, learn I think about more later. Jordan, too. I, well, he's too experienced. Not to deny Emerson's skill, but I think it's because she's attracted to him that she's but enjoying he's, this he's kiss. Emerson has bit. skill. He has skill. But can't we just? He has oh. skill. But do we need to, like, gain experience to have skills? Oh, Emerson is experienced <laughs> in that way. Yes, you learn. You'll you learn. He, he was married before? What happened? No. No, but he was male and he was... Oh, dear. Exploits. Oh, dear. Okay. But yes. So anyway, so he runs off. She's throwing, like, literally everything out of the kitchen sink, out of the tomb to distract. And then she hears uh, kerfuffle and she looks out and Emerson's wrestling with... Lucas and Abdullah's there and she thinks like oh no Abdullah's like going to like be on Lucas's side or something and so she runs out and actually Abdullah was on Emerson's side and they you know confiscate the weapon there's a lot of confusion nobody there's a lot of confusion they don't knows. know what's going on yeah but they end up you know apprehending Lucas and and Lucas is all like I I almost won if yes. not for your meddling kids exactly very Scooby Doo <laughs> thank you but now they're still like where's where's Evelyn and the mummy yes. and who's the mummy right yes. and so they're still very so they confused. run off to the and so they tell tomb. Lucas to be like where is she yes tell us and he's like, oh, he took her to the... We took her, I, t- I told him to take her to the royal tomb. <laughs> so they run off to the royal tomb, and she's there, tied up. They can see her. Um, and they're going to murder her. And Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, they're going to murder her. And isn't Walter there? Uh, Walter's like... Uh, Walter's been hit over the head or something. I can't remember. Where the hell is Walter? 
It doesn't really matter. Well, Walter was drugged. Yep. Oh, yes. yes. Walter's drugged. Then he woke up and then he fell and then he got hit or something. Yeah. But I was yes. going to say, I remember he woke up at some point. But so they rescue her and they take down the mummy guy. And um, then everyone gets married. And then, but who is the mummy? The mummy is the Italian man who sexually seduced her mm-hmm. and made her lose her most precious jewel. Yes. And her virginity, and it was set up for and then who, i.e. But, her virginity. And then who is and Lucas? It, actually, Lucas is the brother, Luigi, Luigi and Mario. Yeah, i.e. that video game that we all saw that time. And Luigi, is the brother. Yes, so they're brothers with each other because but, it yes. always hints at oh his Latin blood. Whenever yes. he gets oh my my father's Latin blood, they always hint at him being like Italian or something. Which makes fun of the racism. Yes, may, of I, English, may I say, Elizabeth really Peters great. follows the true sort of path of the so-called cozy mysteries where she gives you the clues Very as you much, go along. Yes. And there's a lot of E.M. Forrester in there too because E.M. Yeah. E. Forrester, when they all go to Italy, mm. if you've seen Room with a View or any other things, we can know the Latin lover and all yes. of these things. Yes, it's very much that So, it, you know, how can you make a fallen woman and mm. what kinds of things make but you lose your mind? She provides yes. you with the clues to have sort yes. of figured it out yes and so i figured it out yeah i did long so long story short it was actually and i even that knew that really it was either the emerson's or it was lucas i yeah, mean there's not many no but i knew that lucas was working with the italian oh, and i, I see, even I figured see. out i must say that they been? must have seduced her because she's just a pretty young yeah. thing who doesn't know shit mm-hmm. that they seduced her so that he could say you've lost your most precious jewel uh-huh. bitch yep. and then mm-hmm. she'll be like i knew i knew i have yes and then yes. make her marry but did you him. figure yeah, out so. the, that she actually was the inheritor of the will yes that, i did okay. because i knew grandpapa would love her so much that he would give her anything because why else would lucas fight so yes. hard i had it all figured so yeah long story short grandpapa <laughs> never actually wrote her out of the will and that mm-hmm. she was to inherit everything but Lucas wanted to, Lucas slash Luigi wanted to get on top of this Luigi. and tell her. <laughs> Sorry, Luigi. We love that you. she was written out of the will and that, oh, he will marry her and save well, her. Well, and the and other part of Lucas's problem was he also didn't know exactly where the will, the will was. was. Yes. And it was actually hidden in the stuff that had been, that her grandfather had sent to her. In Cairo. That, in Cairo that. Was it Amelia's, in Cairo or Rome? It was in Rome that got forwarded to Cairo because yeah. uh, uh, Amelia's dad's friend. Yes. Bearing. Yes. Ended up holding. Tucked it away. Tucked it safely. away for her. And would wasn't. not let Lucas get it because yes. I think he tried to collect her belongings. Yes. And Amelia was like, no, that's for her. And exactly. He, friends, so he held exactly. it. Exactly. So it was, the legal documents were safe and safe. sound. And, and so Evelyn's inheritance was safe, safe and sound. So everything problem solved, everything happily ever after. And they're, you know, on the, on the boat sailing. They all know the adventure's over. They have the to get back over. on the Dahabia. They need to take the criminals <laughs> Exactly. Back they have to, to go back to Cairo. And Emerson and Walter are pissed that they have to leave. Yes, and Amarna. Emerson's like running away from and avoiding Amelia on the Dahabia, right? And Which is a small space, yeah. right? So when 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 Amelia comes into to the, a room, he's he just leaving. He's avoiding her, awkward. right? And she's waiting for him to mention the thing that he did in the tomb, yeah, the kissing before thing. he ran the into the hail of bullets. The and then so she's yeah. like, "Fuck this! I'll just confront him because that's the type of lady she is." And so she. Wearing her him. crimson dress. Of course, his, her crimson dress, Emerson's favorite. And, As we later learn. <laughs> and she confronts him and is like, we're going to talk about what happened and all this stuff. And she makes him a proposition. Well, but her proposition is not what you're thinking. No. It's a proposition of... It's an archaeological will, proposition. It was like, I will fund your digs, because obviously they don't have a lot of money. And she's like, I will fund your digs as long as I can come and work on them. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously Evelyn and Walter will be married and she can, she'll be working on the digs and I will fund them as long as I can come and help and do my part. And then Emerson's like, huh? Like, okay, sounds good. But... Well, they have a little bit of a problem because women on archaeological yes. digs was kind of uh, frowned upon if yes. they weren't married or attached. Ladies running about. In some way. And also, I think both Amelia and Emerson probably knew that Walter and Evelyn aren't necessarily like, like the, the hearty the, field type yeah. that are going to be out there every single year yes. as Amelia and Emerson would want to be. And so he sort of, he starts to get a little bit of an inkling yes. that... Amelia maybe doesn't object to his company because she's yes. making this suggestion. And so they this make suggestion. this proposition where essentially they'll get married, right? And she well, he just kisses her. Romantic than I that. know. Well, so then he says, it's "Much better than that." Did you did you find? Yes, it? I did. And so <laughs> and so he and he squeezes her right and she goes i mean to make he you embraces a business her, right she goes i mean to make you a business proposition she's resisting it's simply this i have some means i'm not rich um but i meant to leave my money to the rich museum but now i'm going to fund your dig um and i only wish to hire to hire you as my archaeological expert there was only one condition and he goes yes and she goes i insist on being allowed to participate after all that why should men have all the fun and he goes fun to be burned by the sun, blah, blah, blah. You have a weird definition of fun. And she's like, peculiar or not, it's my idea of pleasure, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, she goes, I can list my qualifications. And he goes, no, I am only too well aware of your qualifications. Oh, in a husky voice. And he caught me in an embrace <laughs> that bruised my ribs. And then she goes, stop it, pushing him away. That was not all I had in mind. Stop it, Emerson. You are confusing me. I don't want, and he goes, don't you? taking my chin in his hand and turning my face toward his. Yes, I cried. <laughs> and I flung my arms around his neck, right? And then they squeeze and they squeeze each other. And then eventually he professes his, you may as well hear the truth. Hear the truth. I am mad about you since the day you walked into my tomb and started ordering us all about. I have known you were oh, the so only... Oh, so he hated her in the museum. He the museum, hated, he hated her. Yeah, okay. You were the only woman for me. Why do I suppose I have socked and avoided you since we left Amarna? I was contemplating my life without you. So then they admit their mad, passionate love for each other. And we find out some books later what happened later that night. <laughs> really? She does do that? She goes back in time? Oh, that's exciting. Well, she, she, well, well, what happens is Amelia is reflecting back reflects. On, the, on this night. But yes, the, the future books, they sort of, they pop in on different seasons, you know, digging. They're not necessarily year oh, after year after yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually they sort of have this, you know, conversation where they're reflecting back on, on this first night. Oh. Um, well, and yeah. so if you remember from the beginning of the book where she asks Evelyn about sex, and if it's, you know, if it's fun and yes. good and stuff. And Evelyn's like, you know, if it's the r with the right person. In the right yes, circumstances. in the right circumstance. Yes, it's very nice. It's perfectly and splendid. If, and if you, the last sentence of... Evelyn was right. With the right person, under the right circumstances, it is perfectly splendid. <laughs> so, exclamation point. Exclamation point. And what did we talk about right before this but the Jeffrey Dahmer? 
Why'd you bring that up? Because you just just ruined it. It's not the right person. It's not the right circumstances. Uh, Yeah, someone's trying to murder and eat you. So that's what she's saying, that there is always a predator out there. No, she's talking about having sex. But that's what, no, Elizabeth (laughs) Peters is always saying. That there's always a predator out there, and you that there's always a wrong person. I'm just saying that there is you have there is a lot of yeah, but in this book Mm -hmm. about feminist Mm -hmm. protection. Yes, well, and that's and that's part of it is that Amelia also repeatedly in the books acknowledges that sort of Emerson is kind of the only guy that fits the bill to what she's willing to deal with. Right, that all the other men treat her like a woman, and Emerson treats her as an equal, and so. Mm -hmm. This is the only man she was willing to put up with. Right. Yes, I did just bring up Jeffrey Dahmer. I know, right. thanks. <laughs> just ruined That's exactly what that we lovely pictured. moment. <laughs> Should have not have told her about it. Okay, any other little themes we want to touch on? I mean, well, I think, so, so yeah. some Egyptological stuff to bring this back to, to facts in history, <laughs> right? Um, obviously, Amarna we know is a site that's was dug by Petrie, still continuing to be dug. Um, the the floor that he was working on is currently in the Cairo Museum mm-hmm. or similar, you know, type of floor. Um, other things I have written down is, you know, the interaction between uh, Western archaeologists and, you know, their Egyptian rice and, and workers and stuff. Abdullah becomes a very big character in the books and mm-hmm. his whole family. Yeah. Um, huge characters in the book series. Because so, Emerson has worked with him and yes, sort of trained him. They sort of work together mm-hmm. on these these excavations. And Ab- Abdullah is, is someone who's trusted by Emerson, yeah. you know, to sort of and carry it's like his rice. He takes everything. this out. Yes. And you have the question of what is an archaeologist without. and w- without a degree, but you're doing the work and you mm-hmm. understand the work. Maybe you, you're not given the means to publish, but it's asking who has the allowance and the privilege to be the quote-unquote archaeologist and who is doing the work but doesn't get the credit for yes, it. And obviously, yeah. you know, to this day, like, the Rice and all the crew members all have a lot of, you know, institutional knowledge they get from, like, on-the-site skills, and these, these and the Rice chips are passed down through family lines, and um, it's a very prestigious job, and, and you know, you work continuously with the same rice over years you know certain digs will have the same rice for their entire you know careers and and well and really abdullah's family becomes part of the emerson family very close together in 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 egypt and so yeah so this book sets up quite a lot Mm -hmm. yeah um but it it builds you know sort of over time so the book number two the curse of the pharaohs um which is just as fun. Yeah. I mean, they get more fun. They yeah. only get better. Yeah. Right. Because the, the first book of any sort of series, it's really? always they a lot of setup. Yeah. They only get better. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah, um, so the first book sets everything She's up. Like, you, you have know, to introduce like, the it's, characters. It's watching the first and... episode of any season. You're like, eh. Right. Right. It's and like then, the like, pilot. You, yeah. You, you know, know, it's the pilot. Like you're getting, you're getting the vibe, all these people, and then it builds and builds and builds. Right. So, so by I the time. you have four more coffins to finish. Stop. You'll finish, you'll finish the we'll, four we'll coffins. We'll wait for the next book after you're, we'll <laughs> but... wait until after you're done your book, and then we'll do the next one. Yeah. We'll um, talk Curse of the Pharaohs. Oh, speaking of titles, though. We, that, I was going to say, yes. the last thing I want to touch on is the title of the book. Crocodile on the Sandbank. So 
we have with the titles of the Amelia Peabody series um, lots of interesting titles mm -hmm. from, you know, Crocodile on the Sandbank to The Snake, Ape the Crocodile, and the Dog, The Ape Who Guards the Balance. Um, mean things. Tomb of the Golden Bird. Tomb of the Golden Bird. Yeah, a lot of them are references to... Talking at the Portal. Yes, ancient Egyptian texts, right? And for Crocodile on the Sandbank, the reference is actually to one of the so-called ancient love Egyptian poem. love songs. Yes. And so the line, which is actually um, quoted at the beginning of the book, is, um, the love of my beloved is on yonder side, a width of water is, is between us, and a crocodile waiteth on the sandbank. So it's like you wanna you have to you have to face that crocodile to get to your love. Mm -hmm. I've done it. And so there's there's these the this uh, significance right with these ancient Egyptian texts and these tiles, with the exception of say the mummy case and the curse of the pharaohs, yeah. which are the next two. And as I understand it, it was sort of a publisher's thing. Is like uh, really because the curse of the pharaohs was supposed to be um, was a heart in the cedar tree. Uh -huh. oh, I like that better. Yeah, and yeah, but the the publisher was like, from you want a lot? <laughs> yeah. Tale of Two Brothers. Yes. Well, so yeah. you'll yes. see. And that. so there's there's often a text yes. you'll yeah. see that, that is sort of is translating yeah. a text often at the a same lot of times. Time the book's happening, but they made her name it Curse of the Fairies. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a pool. And then the Mummy oh. Case. Yeah. Um, but then later on, you know, the success of the books I think was such that they're, they're like, like, okay, and you can name it weird shit. And the next one is Lion in the Valley. Yeah. Um, which is a reference. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a, a direct quote, but Lion in the Valley, once we get to that one, like it's probably uh, toward the end of that book is one of the best scenes that Elizabeth Peters ever wrote. Oh I my like, God, that's the fourth book? Oh, uh, yes. Don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. You're going to love it. Oh my God. What Last is? Camel Died at Noon and the Snake the, Crocodile, yeah. the Snake, the Crocodile, and the Dog as sort of a pairing. They yes. sort of really go together. This but we'll get there. We're we'll going to get at least that far. Okay. <laughs> oh, and then once we get that far, Kara's going to want to take know. us the rest once of the we, way. Once we, get, <laughs> once we get her in a little bit, she'll get, she'll get a... She's going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't make me more. Sweet boy. So, so final, um, we can do some fun questions. So who's your favorite character so far? Um, Lucas is the funniest. Uh, from but, his book, yeah. Yeah, but Amelia so is awesome. Well, she but, only has this book yeah, so, so far. I mean, but Emerson's yeah, yeah. the sexiest, so yeah. I don't know. Emerson's more my type than, yeah. than um, Walter. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, if you're going to get a drink with one of them, I would want to get a drink with Emerson. You would. Oh, for yeah. sure. Or oh, Amelia. Amber too, you too. Well, yeah, Amelia Emerson is, is very like, entertaining. Amelia like is as stories. well, yeah. But, but Amelia would be cool too. I mean, I think the sort of that central quartet. Yes. <laughs> um, it, I mean, I like them all. Mm -hmm. You know, all I don't think you can have any any but like, without. Who's, who's like fun without the other? I'm gonna go with Amelia. Yeah, yeah. Amelia's yeah more Amelia, fun. Like, if I'm gonna like go fun. get drunk with someone, yeah. it's gonna be Amelia. Amelia's Amelia, pretty. Yeah. She's pretty fun. I'm gonna go to Vegas. I'm going with Amelia. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I can't drink. Oh, yeah. oh another oh, one. No. Okay, if I if you insist. <laughs> and she yeah. needs Evelyn to hold her hair at the end of the night. That's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Evelyn's like the sidekick. Kind of like the kind of like the sidekick, although she has her moments, yes. as we know, yes. building up. Like uh, uh, Elizabeth Peters never quite, you know, uh, lets you fully completely dismiss her, yes, exactly. right? Because yes. that's the that's the tendency, right? And she she sort of reminds you Bring that there's back. more to Evelyn. You know, that, that Amelia has made her choices and Evelyn has made her choices, but that doesn't negate Nev Evelyn as a person. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Some points about, like, talking about, like, diversity and racism and stuff in the book. No, it's there. It's but there. we, yeah. like, kind of touched upon it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely there. It's it's sort of part of the ambiance, but it's nothing that, like I said, Elizabeth Peters sort of lets slide. Yeah. She addresses it through Emerson, you know, over and over again. She begins to address it through Amelia and, and eventually, in a later book, very much confronts it through um, Amelia. I was surprised at how modern it was. Yeah. I was surprised at how much it felt on point and how woke yes. it felt. And I mean that in mm-hmm. the most positive way. In 1975. Way. I mean yeah. that in the most positive way. And because, I was like, like oh. I think if you read it without maybe knowing maybe some of the Egyptological context and what she's riffing off of, you might read it as like, oh, they're saying, oh, these Egyptians are slow and, you know, prone to believing in ghosts and all these things. But I feel like you reading it with this idea that it's like kind of satirical and they're pointing out these things because that's of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what people thought. And, um, well, and she it also to very much plays into the Victorian um, narrative tropes like that you see in sort of story after story. Yes. You have, quote unquote, natives, yes. right, that are always having a more sort of visceral, emotional kind of reaction mm-hmm. to whatever the conflict is, right, while the Europeans are trying to find some sort of logical explanation or mm-hmm. break it down or, you know, figure it out as a, as a puzzle. But in this book, I mean, you have the character of Michael, right, yeah. the the Coptic Egyptian, mm-hmm. who he has his own suspicions, and that's what gets him, you know, captured yeah, and injured. And, injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're just these little, like, sort of pricks, you know, sort of yeah. here and there to, you know, like those to those old tropes. Old yeah, ideas. I mean, this was written when the British Empire was still in, in existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the American empire was on the upsurge, if you want to call it an empire. And to read it now in a moment of post-Brexit British decadence, will the royal family continue with King Charles and with American, um, you know, American weakness Mm -hmm. in terms of foreign policy on the global stage. It was, um, it was really interesting to oh, read no, it. Oh, here we go. Oh, really? This is going to come up in another book? Like, can't wait till like, Cyrus comes in. Because we have some Americans will come oh, in. We do have some Americans. Great, yes. like, but to see the decadence mm-hmm. and the arrogance and the privilege and to then compare it mm-hmm. to our downward fall as we see Americans and British people are just like everyone else in the fucking world yeah. was really mm-hmm. fun. And so I enjoyed that 40-year yeah. journey from one point to another. That was 50-year. Yeah, oh, shit. 50-year journey yeah. from one point to another. And I yeah. last read the books in, it's probably around six, eight years ago. Mm. And just having, I felt like I was reading them with a whole different eye. Yeah. Because so much has changed. Yeah. And, and like, my own Egyptological experience has changed and how I think about things, too. And I was like, oh, like, picking up on little things and nuances yeah. that before I... Yeah, I can tell you I have a different over. different take now on the book than yeah. I did when I was, like, 11. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs> but then it is interesting to go back to a, a book and you've developed, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, the text stays the same, same, and yet you receive it in, yeah. a, in a different way. So, absolutely, I think that that's, that's a, a great thing about something that you really like that you'll go back yeah. and, you know, you read um, again and again. But I also very much appreciate, this is a recurring theme, too, where you have something that's supposed to be kind of supernatural, otherworldly, like haunting them or and happening. Revealed. And it's always with an air of, you know, skepticism or... Like Emerson will often play into it because mm-hmm. it's to his advantage where he has right. to have like a 
which is interesting and in direct contrast to the barbara michaels books which are her other pseudonym are more supernatural yes that definitely have a supernatural element still the romans suspense element as well but they definitely there's unanswered like you do not answer those supernatural questions in in some of those books like the one that comes to mind um is amy come home Mm -hmm. Um, and also uh, Patriot Dreams. I don't think I read that. These are modern? These are like standalone books she wrote. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the Barbara Michaels are mostly standalone. Mm -hmm. I think they all are, actually. Um, But they're they're sort of these, um, again, very atmospheric kind of Mm -hmm. narratives, very gothic, gothic, yeah, yeah, in a way. Um, But yeah, there's supernatural elements that just simply aren't explained, Mm -hmm. you know, and them... And the story just sort of un- unfurls. And those are fun, too, you know, yeah. but in a completely yeah. different way than Elizabeth yeah. Peters, which has always struck me as very interesting because they sort of made her or her publisher sort of pushed her to have the Elizabeth Peters versus the Barbara Michaels because they saw the types of novels as being so different. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have plenty of other authors who write in, in similarly different you know, types mm-hmm. of books. Like, I don't know if you all are familiar with her, but like Sharon McCrom, she's got things like Zombies of the Gene Pool and Bimbos of the Death Sun, and then she's got her Appalachian ballad novels. Oh, okay. Completely different, yeah. but written under the same name. Mm-hmm. So, but they, the suggestion for, you know, Barbara Mertz was, hey, why don't we use Elizabeth Peters for these, you know, sort of cozy mysteries, and then Barbara Michaels for these more... You know what it makes know, me think of books. is Louisa May Alcott. Ah, um, yes. Little Women. Yeah. And of course, what did she write before? But books about vampires and mummies mm. and all I've of these them. things, of course. And then she writes Little Women, mm-hmm. going right. back to her roots herself and writes what some believe is her truest story. But what did she start writing? But The Bodice Ripper, the thing, mm-hmm. the, the serial novel, you the know, that was... Dreadfuls. Yes, yeah. that's, what, that's what she wrote. It gets you practice. It gets you... You know, sort of. I mean, this... I think it says something about the author if they can be that versatile. Yeah, there's the versatility, but there's there's also the sort of you know stretching your legs and taking yeah. it out for a spin and seeing just what you can do, mm-hmm. and then coming back to it Should and being be like, oh, I have something to different to say. Genre too, but right? yeah. this like... is Elizabeth Peters as author choosing Louisa May Alcott as vampire writer. Mm-hmm. that's True. the one she wants she's yeah. like okay mm-hmm. little women exist and that's fine and i'm she's happy like, for yeah. you i'm going to the gothic i'm uh-huh. going to your mm-hmm. your life where you wrote as a man and yeah. pretended to be something else mm-hmm. and i i like that mm-hmm. subversiveness that's yes. pretty cool yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i think the one thing we can talk about with us is just about the egyptian museum the history of it because when we see it happened it's a bulag yeah. Yes. It's not the modern, it's not the current Cairo, Tahrir Square or Egyptian Museum. Right. And so it might be news to some of our listeners that there was multiple Egyptian, Cairo Egyptian Museums before the current one. And now it's changing rapidly, obviously. With that part made me sad. Yeah. Because to read about, even though it's the, the Bullock old... Museum and it's a different museum, it's not the same mm-hmm. and it's where the dock is and they just undock mm-hmm. and bring all the things yeah. in. I understand that. But in my mind, I still had the Egyptian yes, Museum. Yes, I did too. Tahrir. I still have it. And, I still pictured it. And now that so many things have been moved to Nemec and mm-hmm. Gem and other museums around the land, it's like the Egyptian Museum as was is completely taken apart yeah. and it's it like, makes well, people even go there anymore no it makes me very sad it makes a lot of people Giza. very sad yeah the, the new sphinx airport too it's like people even have to go into cairo yeah 
it's um, super depressing. But, um, not that Gem and Nemec but, might not be great someday, but still separates a collection that yeah. we once had in one space. But to say, like, places. this is part of an extended history where, yeah, Prior was in, wasn't in some like Pasha's palace, like kind of towards Giza, and then they moved it to the Bulag Museum, and then that was too small, and then they, you know, ended up cons constructing the Tahrir Square, which was too small, which is also still too small. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the issue is that it's there's so much stuff. Yeah, they need multiple. Yeah. Well, and I think it was really used here as a good setting in a place and time because we really don't go back to the mu museums in Egypt mm -hmm. in the future. No. In the books? Uh, in the sometimes books, no. you end up going to like uh, Mariette's office or something like in the Right, Cairo but never museum. like in but, there like, with the artifacts like, again. Museum work. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Very, no, very, very much in the field. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. They'll go yeah. there to get their like concession or have Emerson have like a fight with Mariette or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's it. And because she doesn't really like Cairo. You'll, this will it's also true. come out that they stay there. I think a lot of us feel they're this more way. Luxor yeah. people. You you know once you go to Luxor you're like ah oh, Luxor yeah. like yeah. I freaking love it. Which is so interesting like because Amelia loves the pyramids. Yes, but then she also loves tombs. Yeah, so they do sort of in the beginning of the series they spend a lot more time in um they're in and like, around Dashur, Cairo. Yep, Dashur, Mazguna, the mm -hmm. Yeah, Mazguna. Mazguna comes you, out. Exactly. Look at yes. the look on Kara's face. Mazguna. This this is the Egyptological education that I had. Like this they're weird, obscure site of Mazguna. I'm going to get it. I'm yeah. going to get it. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a like site near Dashur. Yeah. Yeah. So they're digging down there. Those like random pyramids that like no one even knows yeah. who they were. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up going south after that. But yeah, she, it's like they, you know, Go into Cairo for they stay at separate. No, it could be Sobek Nofru or something. Yeah, one of those. Ones, right? yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the, you know, Dynasty Thirteen people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then it's always like going down to Luxor. Mm -hmm. And there are various reasons sort of posed in the book yes. as to why they end up like here and here, and a lot of them have to do with Emerson's personality. Yes, him issues. not along <laughs> with people, and he gets like you know the shit end of the stick concessions. Why they end up as Mazguna? And There's a little bit of Howard Carter in him too, of course. Yes. Because mm -hmm. Howard Carter got kicked out of Tutankhamun's uh -huh. tomb for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And the whole um, textile that covered the shrines the it melted into nothing when he was kicked out of the tomb, which is super sad. But he would fight with the yeah. it, the service, uh, the antiquities service all the time. So Yeah, Howard Carter appears as a character. Yeah. Oh, he does. He does. Ah. Lots of, the, lots yeah, of the, Egyptologists, yeah. you know, yeah, historical. I mean, Weigel. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, the American Davis, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, fun. Yeah, so we'll get to Theodore that. Davis, yeah. To see all of them. Yeah, so they they sort of come in and they play, you know, their their the little parts. roles, and you know, they they put Amelia and Emerson sort of within that community, and yet they're always sort of on the they're edge like, of it because like Emerson wanna... kind of keeps them on the edge. It's like He's only like... certain people can stand yeah. the force of Emerson's personality. But it's and... like they'll go, you know, over to like the Winter Palace to have like mm -hmm. tea or go to like a reception or something, and then they'll bump into all these people and. And then Emerson like will say that. something rude, and, yeah, then, exactly. and then they go back to their dahabeya. Mm -hmm. They stay in a dahabeya in a tent, or what? Depends. Well, we can't. <laughs> I have to wait. Okay, I'll wait. You have to. You have to wait. They okay. they end up in various places, but homes. yes, many homes. So come I have into a question. Play. How how happy are you that I finally read this book? <laughs> Very happy. I can't even believe it. Me but. Like, honestly, when you texted us. 
oh, you said I finished the book. I thought you meant your book. No, I know. And I, I know. was like, I was confused. Yeah, congrats. And then I was like, oh, she means our book. Well, and I was like, but yay, congrats still. But the, um, I thought about your Coffin's book and I was like, oh, shit. No, when you, when you no, texted there's like. There's still way more work to do. I'm up to the point where the, the bearded guy is sick in the yes. tomb or something like that. And I was like, what? <laughs> so confused. Oh, yes. Oh, well, we should talk about when she shaves his beard. Oh, that's also that's a reoccurring nice. thing. Is that Love Emerson that. is yeah. very sensitive to his dimple. Yes. He's got he a dimple. Likes but she likes to see his face. She likes him likes clean the, shaven. She likes him clean shaven. She likes to see the dimple. She can, because it softens his. Like he can he can glare at you, but he's got a dimple, and so he doesn't look as imposing. Remy has a he has a dimple in yeah. one cheek. That's true. <laughs> Even though he has resting, I'm gonna fuck you up face. He has a <laughs> dimple in one cheek. Like, but so you were happy that I read it finally. Yes. After all these years, we've been talking about it for so long. I've been I waiting know. for thirty years to have this conversation <laughs> with somebody. Yeah, and then Amber and we found out that we both read it and liked it. Oh for yeah, those of you in. who don't like these books. Don't Sorry. listen to this episode. Just skip this one. <laughs> and that's fine. Or, I mean, it's, I think, still interesting because so much Egyptological stuff. There's a lot of Egyptology about. in there, yeah. Even if you haven't read the book, you know, we'll talk about the Egyptological stuff, where they're digging, what's going on there. They're, they're smart books. Yes. They're witty. They're social commentaries. They're political commentaries. And they're colonial commentaries. Mm -hmm. And so I am... 100% in, yep. and I look forward to having the time to read number two. <laughs> I really do. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we should correct that, and you look forward to making the time to read number two, <laughs> I because forward. I don't think you're ever going to have any time I look forward to making all. the time there you for go. reading number time. two. Maybe Julian can get sick again, and then you can put on a podcast. Yeah, I skipped book. three events that day yeah. on Thursday yeah. when I just, I'm just like, I'm powering through. I'm yeah. going to read it. That's parented for you. Yeah, it is. Mm. So, well, and these books you can power sure. through. Yeah. Hey, I had a good time. Yeah. So I thought this was hope fun. You, hope, hope you guys you, enjoyed it. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, hopefully you're reading along. And if you have any questions, uh, let us know. If you're a patron, patron of the Patreon, Throw your questions in Discord. Happy to chat more about the book and the series and in, in general. Oh my god! If you guys put um, questions in Discord, they'll yes, that no, would blow we up. made it a separate side. Thing. <laughs> we did. We have a little book club yeah. channel. Those oh, are for the I? the patrons. But, yeah, um, so they can d and discuss the book. Other book suggestions that you would like to us read uh, and chat about. Let us know. Too. We'll get to those in about ten years. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Like twenty series. of these, it will take. A Not to bit. say we couldn't throw anything in there. Throw you know, every small in every now and then. But something you know, fiction and fun. Not like nonfiction books. We read enough of those. Yes, we read them nothing, all the time. We don't want to do that. All the time, um, but fun things, historical romances, things like that. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, since we have Amber as a special guest. She's our Amelia. Oh, well, special guest. I sort of elbowed my way. Uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> let, we're doing this. We'll let uh, you take us out. So we can say this is. This is Afterlives of Ancient Egypt. Good. With me. Tara Cooney. <laughs> and uh, Amelia Peabody. And Amelia Peabody. Yay. Book club. Woo. Thank you, Elizabeth Peters. Yes. AKA Barbara Mertz. LPH. Yeah, LPH all the way. Life, prosperity, health. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you to our listeners for your support and for subscribing wherever you listen. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with others and leave us a five-star review. 
Send us your questions related to the show and topic suggestions for future episodes to karakuni at gmail.com. You can find the show notes in the podcast section of my website, karakuniegyptologist.com. For that, thank you, Amber Myers-Wells. There you'll also find info on my books and upcoming lectures. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter to keep up on the latest news and content from me. Check out the conversations that happen after the podcast mic is turned off by subscribing to our Substack Afterlives After Party. You can find me on Facebook at Karakuni Egyptologist and on Twitter and Instagram at Karakuni. See you next time on Afterlives with Karakuni.